his stylistic play puts Johnny Football in his range of outcomes. That's the problem. Is yes. his style. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's fancy Will Greer. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. And today, we got a special guest, Kev Masurgeon. You know him on Twitter as Rotosurgeon. Kev, how you doing today? Doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Walker, Mike, great to talk to you guys. First time, actually, with you two. I got to chat with Jeff not too long ago. But yeah, uh, good day. It's Friday, so I'm happy to be on and happy that it's the weekend. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kev was actually on the Twitch stream, uh, which you can actually find a video of that on our YouTube page now. Um, we don't have a fancy URL for that. So just search football absurdity on YouTube. And then uh, if you go there, please follow us, because if we get more followers, then we get a fancy URL. Um, let me just get the plugs out of the way. So this is our third division preview. Um, every other one's going to be in the Patreon feed. This is, of course, in the main feed. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're going to get this in your bonus feed because I've decided to post it in both places now. So you only have to follow one feed. Uh, in two weeks, we'll have Lindell at Lindellians to talk the AFC West. And two weeks after that, we're going to have two guests. We're going to have Kevin Genson, who does beer sheets, and Michael Fabiano. He's going to talk the Cowboys. Uh, we're going to do the full NFC East in that one, and then we're going to squeeze the other two in there, AFC East and NFC South. And then um, Waleed will be on at some point in the Patreon feed to talk the NFC North. So, oh, man, uh, I mentioned the Twitch, twitch.tv slash football absurdity. Lots of drafts uh, going on right now. Uh, Evan is doing this weird thing where he's trying to screw up uh, drafts by taking uh, Dwayne Haskins for like $180 and see to see what happens. I don't know. Um, I'm doing um, Mock Draft Mondays. I'm doing some extra stuff on Wednesdays. A lot of stuff on there. Check it out. Uh, Discord is tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. Um, a lot of great discussion in there. Uh, we have a ton of player profiles up. Just go to footballabsurdity.com. You can find them. We have we're over 100 now are up. And um, I think that's it. Beer Sheets are live. They update pretty much every Wednesday. All right. Business out of the way. Kev, how you doing? How's it going? Welcome in. Tell the people who you are. Uh, I'm Kev, as Jeff noted. Uh, I'm at Rotosurgeon on Twitter. I've been in the fantasy sports community, I'd say, for the last three years. I believe it was 2018 when I applied to Rotoballer, and it was just kind of on a whim. I was a lemming on fantasy football Reddit and fantasy baseball Reddit for a while. As you can see from the way I interact with people, I'm very much abrasive. So that kind of it rubs people the wrong way, but it, it's kind of like a learned behavior that I'm trying to unlearn. So apology uh, for anybody listening who I've ever maybe offended or been uh, facetious <laughs> to or condescending to. I'm very sorry. Uh, my ways are not who uh, my true colors. They just I, I'm, I'm reflecting what other people have done. And, you know, I take full responsibility for it. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, no, I just like talking fantasy sports. I love talking sports in general. Uh, since I was a kid, I've had a fascination with just talking about sports. It, it's like I used to collect cards. My buddies and I in school, we'd recap games. We'd talk about like, you know, hockey, baseball, football, basketball. I don't really talk about hockey now much anymore, but the three main American sports I'm very big on. And it just it's my hobby. It's what occupies my time. And I still like collecting cards. So it's just uh, it's become who I am. And I've kind of made a somewhat i made somewhat of a career out of it but we'll see where it goes i'm 27 so you know plenty of time to maybe screw this up very good plenty of time to screw this up that's perfect i think between the four of us 
we can get a, a good number of people who might hate listen to this episode. So I think we've all rubbed people the wrong way at some point. <laughs> I rub people the wrong way a lot on Twitter. I, yeah. I when when I started following Kev, I like immediately latched onto his way of communication because it's very similar to mine. Yeah, I said Kev was in my Kev's in my Scott Fishbowl pick four thing, and I screenshotted mm-hmm. him typing one time, and I sent it to him. And I said, "When the group chat's about to argue, and it's a picture of Kev with the three little dots <laughs> next to him." <laughs> I, I have a lot of time on my hands sometimes in the middle of the day when I'm between writing or just working in general, and I'm like, I'm on Twitter. Like, it's, we're all at home for the most part. Like, you know, yeah. aside from like seeing my girlfriend and just normal seeing my friends and whatnot, like if i'm not working or if i'm chilling i'm just on twitter so i might as well make the most of my time and tweet or dm or whatever so yeah i gotta stop i i know it's bad and i know uh i'm i very much put myself out there a little too much but you, you know what can limit. you do it, you it it's an addiction phone app you oh. set a time limit that's how yeah. walker goes how do you get so much work done and so much this is the main feed you know you know what posting i I uh, I have a thing that says I have to work for 25 minutes and then I can do whatever I want for five. And it's usually arguing with somebody on Twitter. So, yeah, that's how I get it done. So, uh, Kev, who are your you mentioned a lot of sports. Um, who are your teams? And then who is the one player that really got you to fall in love with fantasy, whether it be a hockey, basketball, baseball or football player? OK, that, OK, I'll start with my favorite sports because that's, you know, initial question. Yeah, um, my favorite sports team. Sorry. So uh, baseball, basketball, football, like I mentioned, are my favorite sports teams. Mm-hmm. I follow I follow the L.A. Kings. I've, I'm from Los Angeles, born and raised. I've been in the same city my entire life. Montebello. Uh, don't come creep on me. Anybody who's listening, please. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, I've you know, I L.A. Dodgers, L.A. Kings, um LA Lakers, USC Trojans. I went to USC. So like Trojans basketball and football is pretty much ingrained in my blood. And um, what is it? Uh, Rams. Yeah. Sorry. We're talking about football. So the Rams are my favorite NFL team, but that's only because they moved to LA. I did not care about the LA Rams or St. Louis Rams when they were. Um, And then before then I was basically, this sounds weird, but I was a Reggie Bush fan. So wherever Reggie Bush went, I was a fan of, I was a fan of the saints when he was drafted second overall. And then I was, I mean, I didn't really follow him much after that. It was just the Saints. And then I actually liked the Bears for a little bit. That's weird, but I really liked Cutler and his disposition. There was something about him. I was like, this guy's cool as shit, even though he, like, he's not that good at football. But nevertheless, and then I fell in love. I think, fantasy-wise, it was the wide receiver duo of Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey that really okay. made me... that like Josh McCown season was incredible <laughs> when he was just chucking it down to them. So... Just seeing those two go off and uh, Julio, obviously, too. I I loved Julio because I I started fantasy in 2013. So he was basically we both kind of came up together in a way, I like to say. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that's basically wide receivers. I was big on. But now I, I hate zero RB. So, you know, it's funny how that works out sometimes. Yeah, it's silly. So. Uh, so that means you were a San Francisco 49ers fan for a year if you just followed Reggie Bush around. Oh no no no! I was I was out by years. You're out by by then. What I was gonna say? What if I told you I saw Reggie Bush in an Apple store right outside of San Jose, right after he tore his whatever ligaments? Yeah, and I was like, that was when he slipped and fell in uh, in Mm. St. Louis, in on the on the edge of the turf. And I was gonna go say hi, and then he was in like I saw behind the thing that he had this like big walking boot on, and I was like, maybe I'll just leave the injured guy alone. I won't I won't bother him at all. Yeah. So. So, all right, last question, and then I'll see how 
uh, Walker and Mike are doing. Mike's like waiting like he's the guest. Like he's like, I don't know if I can talk yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who, which player or players are your hashtag brand this season? Uh, I, I think I roll with, I mean, you guys know Cam Akers obviously is my biggest brand. Like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm hanging my hat on him the most of anyone. Uh, and it, it looks bad because I'm a Rams fan. So that's kind of, it's kind of rough. Last year was Ronald Jones and it worked out pretty well with Ronald Jones. Uh, late season injury kind of sucked. And then obviously in the Super Bowl getting usurped by Leonard Fournette, but you know, he still had a really good season and he paid off relative to ADP. Um, Josh Allen too in the past, but I, I'm out on Josh Allen now considering the price, but nevertheless, I'm, I've been pretty, pretty successful. I'd like to say with my brand Mixon didn't work out last year, but, uh, I don't want to say fortunately, but injury related stuff. I don't really take too hard. Like you can't take an L on like a hardcore injury that kicks someone out for like half the season. Yeah, the Joe Mixon thing last year was really like everybody was like, all right, we'll just wait to argue about this again next year. Like nobody yeah. nobody got a definitive answer. Um, yeah, Mulligan. Mulligan. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is everybody does kind of exhale a little bit when there's a mulligan because you're like, all right, nobody's maybe maybe if I'm wrong, people will forget by next offseason. Um, yeah. But OK, so we are also here with Walker, who's been talking to Mike Valverde. Mike, how are you? We have not heard from you. <laughs> are you alive? <laughs> Proof of life. Uh, I, I am alive. Um, now, now maybe I just need to get a little verification on my Twitter and everything will be great. Uh, yeah, I'm not verified, which I, I very much had the, the Groucho marks. Uh, I, if I get verified it, you know, there's no point to verification. I don't want to yeah. be the member of any club that'll have me. Um, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, that was a joke. I, I'm not, I, I it don't, took, it I don't... takes 10 seconds to apply. I was like, why not? Yeah. Why not? yeah. To me, that's 10 seconds too long. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's it, I'm, I'm glad to be getting out of this apartment. Um, you know, you know, signs, right? Like things that tell you you should be getting out. And oh, I, I, think I thought I thought you meant the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, the, the movie, the last good movie he ever made. Um, I debate that. I, I don't think that that, that never mind. I'm not going to get into why I don't think signs <laughs> is good. Yeah. <laughs> You have a podcast for that. Uh, <laughs> That's true. I do have a podcast for that. Um, so the just different things are. So we had that earthquake, right, Jeff? Um, and you know, oh yeah, was, like uh, last week. Yeah. So that was felt. Okay, that was uh-huh. the first uh, earthquake I felt living here. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Then a drug deal goes by, like right underneath my window. They're like. They're like in the middle of the parking lot exchanging money and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's like the first time I've seen that since okay. living here for 12 years. And then last night I go take a shower and there's no hot water, um, just plain cold water. So I think the earth is moving me out of this apartment sooner than later. I, I'm, I'm glad I'll be getting into my own house where there won't be any drug deals where. Well, uh, there could be. You just that's up to you. <laughs> get on the phone, call somebody. Um you know, uh, earthquakes, I can't stop, but everything else I think is looking up. Yeah. When's the big move date? Uh, we're probably by the end of next week, we'll be out of here. Nice. Very nice. So, all right, Mike. So, uh, Kev, this is your first episode. Uh, Mike has actually picked a, a less frightening question for his pick, pick your poison <laughs> this week. The last two weeks, my theory was that Mike was trying to put us in some sort of saw situation because he asked like our biggest fear and why we work hard. Um, but now, you know, Mike, Mike wants us to relate to the audience better instead of just yelling at them about, I guess, Miles Gaskin. So, Mike, what is what is the poison that we have to pick this week? 
Um, well, before that, we should ask uh, Walker how he's doing. No, Walker's, <laughs> Walker's been talking. Walker, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, I just want to mention that they call him uh, Mike Valverde because he's slinging that green. There you go. That's right. Drug, drug deal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is alleged. Mike Valverde, not a criminal. I would like uh, to put that on the record. But, by the way, uh, Walker, he, we live in California. He could. I mean, yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's extremely legal. legal. Here. Yeah. It's as fair. easy to get as uh, DoorDash here. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Your weed maps yeah, actually they have well out there, right? Yeah. Don't they have ease? Yeah. Or what is it? I forgot ease. the name. I was talking to ease. my buddy about it because he's doing he's going to do beer stuff. And I was like, hey, you could just order. He was like, yeah, you could just order it. And it just shows up like DoorDash. Yeah. I, yeah. This was actually like purple drink, so I don't know what the laws are on purple drink in California. Oh my god, <laughs> there's probably, probably not. Yeah, I don't think that's legal anywhere. No, I don't yeah, think no. so. The, it, it's like a bomb. It's like the individual components are legal, but you put them together and then it's you're in not, trouble. No, it's no good. No. Yeah. No. So that, no that stuff's really bad for you. But yeah. anyway, uh, welcome right. to the Dare Podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. Remember, guys, you listen to this podcast to be a winner, and winners don't do drugs. Uh, I I ate an edible last night. <laughs> All right, Walker, uh, you're doing fine. So now Mike can go, can ask us the question. Walker can go, I don't know. I'm like 25. I don't do this. <laughs> no, I actually so, have an answer for this one. I this is how out. we did life back in the day. Um, so I'll start with Kev since Kev's our guest. Um, what was the last thing you recorded on TV or what was the last thing you remember recording on TV? Um, if you don't record anything, that's fine. What's your like favorite television show? Anything revolving around TV is perfectly okay. That's a brutal question because uh, it, it hits really, it hurts really deep to home because I was never able to record. Our our charter spectrum never let us on our DVR or whatever. It just wow. didn't work for the longest wow. time. Like I, I think. I've downloaded Netflix shows to watch when I didn't have Wi-Fi, but I don't even remember that. Uh, favorite shows, a tough question. I guess like my favorite comfort show would be like Entourage. Like I know that's like people don't like Entourage because it's like, you know, it would be canceled in 2021 and all that. But like I kind of grew up with it in like the early 2010s or whatever. And, you know, when I'm a teenager in high school, it was really cool. So it kind of stick, stuck with me and I love, I don't know, I always love the character. So I guess Entourage is my favorite show when it comes down to it. But I guess best show that I, I think the show I'd call the best is like 30 Rock, probably. Yeah, like it, it's hard to beat 30 Rock, but I can't, I mean, I, I just try to catch every new joke in 30 Rock, whereas with Entourage, I just turn it on in the background and it's always on. Kev, have you ever seen Great News? Uh, is that the Tina Fey one that like was on Netflix or something? Or what it was is that? A, it was on for two seasons and it got canceled, but it was basically a, like a CNN type thing. Or it was 30 Rock, but with CNN. And it okay. was like the main character is like uh, Tina Fey just had like she found a binder of Liz Lemon jokes and was like, all right, I got to oh, make a gosh. new show. So it's if you like 30 Rock, you'll like Great News and it's yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. OK, so, I'll check it out. I, I just never had the, I, I didn't have any incentive. I just never heard anybody talk about it. So I was just never like interested. My wife and I love shows that get canceled very quickly. So it's oh, uh, uh, yeah. So. Uh, all right. Um, Walker, how about you? Um. As far as I can remember, the last thing that I actually re uh, last thing I remember setting up to record on, like when we had the TiVo like 10 years ago or whatever, was um, one of the tapings of my Knowledge Bowl matches. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is some real only child stuff going on here. I used the tele. I used the recording thing on the television to record myself to watch myself. Um, yeah, but it's uh, I mean, I don't. Do you guys have like Quiz Bowl or Quiz Central where you are or something for uh, high school? Uh, we oh, have, uh, we had academic decathlon, which my know. school is really good at, but I wasn't on the team. I don't know. It's basically it's just like half like academic questions and then like half just normal trivia and you just answer it against a team from another school and try to beat them and Hmm. they they taped it at the local tv station so yeah i would would record those and watch them back and like essentially i would like critique my own performance to try to do better i like you critique your own performance but you're like idiot stupid Come on, man. Everybody knows it's the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> Idiot. We, um, we had a lot of, uh, like, pet answers so that if we, like, didn't know, but it was a certain category, we would just answer the the one answer because you don't lose points for buzzing in and getting it wrong. So you just, like, if it's about, like, a poet, we would always answer Walt Whitman. That's like, uh, just, for, just for an example. Classic uh, mom and dad story. My dad's best friend got really hammered and they play, were playing Trivial Pursuit. And he answered Machu Picchu for literally every single question. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Did it my, work? No. Last thing. I, oh, by the way, uh, before I move on, uh, whispering to date while watching Walker when Walker first appears on screen. That's Walker. <laughs> the Chaffee tweet? No? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Um, I would never show anyone I was dating my knowledgeable. <laughs> that would be a terrible idea. Oh, boy. So um, my last thing that I watched, I recorded was, uh, uh, well, it's one of two things. I don't know which which was on first. It was either uh, Hell's Kitchen this week or Good Eats this week, because all I watch is food shows. This guy loves food shows. Because uh, I, 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 everything I watch is on, like, streaming. I guess yeah, the last yeah. show I watched through was uh, Star Trek Discovery, which is pretty good. Um, not very Star Trek-y. So, uh, Ke- uh, Mike, what is yours before we actually talk about football on this year football podcast? Uh, the last one actually was Hell's Kitchen. Um, hey! <laughs> oh, well, um, I, love, I love Hell's Kitchen. Um, I like, I'm, I'm sort of like you. I like all those cooking shows. But did, yeah, I should I should. Re- um, reality television to me is okay. My wife loves reality television because after dealing with, you know, eight to 10 hours and then another couple of hours when she's, you know, having clients come in and, and doing her therapy. So 10, 11 hour work days that she normally has, the she doesn't want to get into serious stuff. She, you know, comedy TV is not really for us. So um, best way of escape is through reality television. So she she really likes just to, you know, just just to say put something on and you know just be as easy as possible to watch. So that's pretty much us. We we just watch reality television. All right. So after yeah. a day of dealing with people with bad brains, she's like, let me uh let me see some more of them bad brains. But yeah, the bad for, brains. That's right. Yeah. Th- this time for fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. That's enough of that. So. Uh, that's it. Thanks for thanks for listening. This has been uh, just four guys this, talking this about is, random stuff. This has been the absurdity podcast. <laughs> no football. All right. 
So what we're doing this week is uh, our third division preview for the NFC West. Um, the third division is the this NFC West. This is the third time we talked yeah, about the NFC West. Yeah, this is the third time we're talking about it. So what we're going to do is we go team by team, position group by position group, just kind of talk about expectations and, you know, kind of a freeform discussion about each team. Uh, it's worked pretty well before. Um, I really enjoyed our like four hour discussion on Houston Texans tight ends last week. Check out the Patreon if you want to hear that. We did not. Uh, do that. <laughs> we did not. We did not do that. We went. Uh, does anybody want to talk about the Houston Texans tight ends? And we went. Uh, no, I guess Jordan Akins, but no. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's get started. We'll start with the Arizona Cardinals uh, in 2020. They were eight and eight in 2021. Vegas Insider gives them an over under of eight wins. Um, some key additions for them, James Conner, A.J. Green, Rodney Hudson, and Rondale Moore. Some key losses, Larry Fitzgerald, probably. he has, I, don't, I haven't seen that he's officially retired. Uh, Kenyon Drake, J.R. Sweezy, and Dan Arnold. So uh, let's start at the top. The quarterbacks, Kyler Murray. Nobody would ever call him Kyle, Kyle Murray. <laughs> I typoed in the, in, in the show doc, and I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I I I can't typo around Walker because bad things happen. I get roasted. I have I have editor brain. Yeah. So all right. So Kyler Murray, for some people, he's he's quarterback three by ADP. For some people, he's the number one quarterback. For a lot of people, he's the number two quarterback. So I mean, who wants to start talking? Who does any? Do any of you guys have Kyler Murray number one? Does Does anybody have big brains over Patrick Mahomes? Mike, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes was your QB three. I, I, I do have um, Kyler Murray over Patrick Mahomes, but I don't have him number one. All right. Well, I'm you the same start. as Mike. Well, Mike, you start, then we'll go to Walker, then we'll go to Kev, and then we'll go that way. So, Mike, why? Wh- what do you expect from Kyler Murray this season that has you putting him over a guy who might throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns? Uh, you, you're speaking of Patrick Mahomes throwing for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards? Correct. Oh, Okay. Um, well, while you're living in that unreality world, I'll, I'll talk about Kyler Murray. Did it uh, years ago. <laughs> He's already done it. <laughs> he did it once. Yeah, that was that was good for him. Um, so, I, number one, we all know he can run the ball. Uh, so, when plays break down and he, he needs to take off running, guess what he's going to do? He's going to run the ball. Uh, secondly, he's been at, what, QB5 his rookie year, then QB2 last year. So that's in the first two seasons he's been, you know, in the top five. Thirdly, they they went from a very vanilla type offense, uh, which he's is thrived in, to now bringing in Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, he's a rookie wide receiver, but he brings a dynamic to this offense that they just don't have. Christian Kirk is is not that. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson is not that. Uh, uh, I was going to say JJR Sega Whiteside. Um, the other guy. Uh, yeah, he's not that. DeAndre Hopkins is a, a wide receiver that's just going to run an out pattern five yards deep. So it, there is really a vanilla style to this offense. And guess what? They go and get Rondell Moore. Now it opens up the field even more so. So a guy who's running um, a QB five and a three or a two in a vanilla type offense and now has become dynamic. QB one to me, that's, that says it all. All right, Walker, do you have anything to add to that? Is that uh, kind of what you were thinking? or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the rushing is what puts him slightly ahead of Mahomes. And, I mean, I don't, I don't you know, I, I have Mahomes in the top tier still. So if you wanted to take him one, I got no problem with that. It's probably the safest pick. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I just have Allen at one and Murray at two, just slightly above because of the rushing. You know, you're, you're essentially getting the production of like a flexible running back on top of pretty good quarterback play. And with Allen, they throw the ball a lot along with, uh, yeah, al- along with that. So, yeah. So it's kind of that 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 you're getting a quarterback, and then on top of it, it's like you're getting two 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 guys for one spot. So, um, so okay, Kev, where do you have Kyler Murray uh, this year? Uh, yeah. So Kyler Murray, I love Kyler Murray. I was all in on him last year, but this year, I I, I see him going before Lamar Jackson. I can't justify that. Lamar Jackson was going basically as QB one last year, and I'd r- much rather have Lamar and his just just knowing that Lamar's done it before. Finished as quarterback, not quarterback one, number one overall in in terms of fantasy players in 2019. He's had a he has a improved offensive group around him. So I can't rank Kyler over Lamar. I can't rank Kyler over Patrick Mahomes, even though Mahomes is coming off like the ankle injury or whatever he had, like the surgery. I don't even know if mm-hmm. he had surgery. Honestly, I think it was but a knee. Uh, Kyler. Oh, no, no. He had the knee pop back in, and then didn't he have the ankle or something? Some, something like He's coming off of something. This guy's falling apart at the seams. Yeah, but nevertheless, Mahomes is still Mahomes, and yeah. he's in the best offense, I think, and he's the best quarterback. So I'd say it's like Mahomes, Lamar, and then slight tear break, Kyler, Josh Allen, Dak. Like, they're all in a mix for me. I don't really care. Uh, because Lamar's ADP is so depressed right now, I'm just gobbling up Lamar. I don't care who else is there. Um, yeah, I love Kyler. I love this offense in theory. I don't like Cliff. Um, it's it just, it's not someone I'm buying this season. Yeah, Cliff, you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury, and that's interesting because it was the sort of thing where, like, he came in on the heels of, like, Sean McVay and, like, Kyle Shanahan, and they're like, oh, the young guns in the NFC West, but... I don't like Mike mentioned, it's been a very pretty straightforward vanilla offense and he was supposed to be this like mastermind and we haven't really seen it mm-hmm. yet from him and may, and maybe adding Rondale Moore will, will add a new dimension to the offense that'll unlock Kyler Murray. But I'm with you. I have, I have Lamar Jackson second. He's going fifth in the top five. So I'm just snatching up Lamar Jackson when I'm not going after Ryan Tannehill. Um, but like mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, take them in any order you want, basically. Um, my take for having Patrick Mahomes on, uh, well, that's an unsettling email to get from my healthcare provider. It just says COVID-19 Delta variant. Um, Patrick Mahomes, the way I see it is the same way that we looked at Mike Trout for years. It's like, yeah, he might not finish number one, but he has the, the best chance of not finishing like number eight. Like he'll be, he'll be top three, top four. So he has the best chance of doing that, of not completely falling off the page, which is why I can't really get with anybody else over Patrick Mahomes right now. And Mike, I do have a question for you. Though. Sure. You, you, you have Kyler Murray first, right? <clears throat> uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, yeah. Oh, you have Josh Allen first. Okay, never mind. I was good. But it's, I, it's, you could say Kyler Murray. I mean, I really, right now they're both tied. I mean, don't be magnanimous. I was going to get you in a gotcha question. So don't oh, be magnanimous okay. about this. <laughs> well, since you want to get me in a, in a gotcha, I'll say Kyler Murray's number one. Okay, so last week you asked us why do you have AJ Brown ranked number one when he's never done it before, and now you have Kyler Murray ranked number one when he's never done it before. That's true. And that that is a very gotcha question. <laughs> <laughs> there two, two differences. Number one, AJ Brown hadn't even sniffed top five yet. Kyler Murray's been a five and a three. 
So that was more my point was you have this outsider who's, you know, hasn't even hit top five yet as a number one when, you know. So if A.J. Brown was a top five receiver and a top three receiver, then I'd be like, okay, that makes more sense to me. Hmm. Okay. He was he was he was a top five receiver last year out of guys who played at least twelve games. Well, then you got me. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all this. That's all we're here for is for me to get Mike. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the running back room here. So we've got uh, Kenyon Drake out, James Connor in, and Chase Edmonds uh, as the. I guess stalwart back there and Walker is Mr. Chase Edmonds. So let's start talking this running back room with, with, uh, with Walker and really quick. Uh, let me do ADP Chase Edmonds, 25 pick 60, James Connor, 37 pick 89. And then who cares about, you know, Benjamin, no one. he's nobody. I'm sure his mom cares. Well, yeah, probably. I'm sure somebody cares about, you know, Benjamin, yeah, no, I'm no, sure fantasy he's got a family. Owner, no fantasy owner should care about, you know, Benjamin is what I'm saying. Yeah, so, you mean no one cares about the seventh round draft pick from 2020? 20, yeah. I Jonathan, don't know. Jonathan Ward got touches ahead of him, and Jonathan Ward wasn't even that good at Central Michigan. Oof. That's not good. All right, Walker. So sell us on Chase Edmonds. Is it just he's a pass catching running back? Well, that's got something to do with it. I mean, it's a lot of cheap points, but um, I mean, Edmonds had a pretty like limited role last year, and he was still a top 24 running back. So. The fact that he's going outside the top 24 when his role is guaranteed to be bigger this year than it was last year because they were paying Kenyon Drake franchise tag money to be their starting running back last year, and they're paying James Conner very slightly above that minimum to be their backup running back this year. Like they, All the moves they have made suggest that Chase Edmonds is going to be the lead back in this backfield. He's... He, he typically plays more games. He's a better pass catcher, which is the most valuable thing for a running back in the offense that they run. Um, I, you know, yes, Connor's bigger and a, and a much better power runner. So he's probably going to get a fair amount of carries. And if they use running backs to run the goal line much, which I don't expect them to do a ton, I expect them to do it less than last year. He'll be the running back that's in, but he's not going to catch a lot of passes. And Edmonds is going to catch at least as many passes as he did last year, probably more. He's going to get more carries than he did last year. He's very efficient player. You know, I'm not saying he's great. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, a borderline RB one. I, I don't. I don't think that. I've seen people have that take. He's like he's got RB one upside. I'm not that high on him, but I think he's comfortably the best running back in this backfield for fantasy purposes. Um, and I think RB25 is a pretty low price to pay for a guy who has an extremely stable floor. Like, yeah, his ceiling is an RB1, but if you're getting him, you're getting a solid RB2 for a flex price. Whereas with Connor, you're getting a guy who you hope at some point takes over the backfield, but probably won't. And you're paying a flex price for him too. And you're, or close to a flex price. And he's probably just going to languish on your bench all year, unless Edmonds has a serious injury. And then Connor somehow holds up for 17 games, which he doesn't do. So, Iron man. Yeah. I, I just don't, it there, there's nothing to suggest that James Connor is going to get anywhere near the quantity of touches that Edmonds is going to get. It doesn't make sense to assume that the only reason people want to say that is because he's the bigger guy and because everybody thinks Chase Edmonds is not very good. 
All right. Um, so I'll just real quick. So I've been going. So this is like this is the backfield where I have a take on it, and then I'll say the take, and I'll be like, God, I don't, I don't, I don't know, because it's like the James Conner injury really, or injury factor really um, plays in heavily on how I look at this backfield, which is not something that you can really ignore, you know, because he gets injured a lot. But it's like, do you know the goal line carry disparity last year, Walker, between Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds? Yeah, Kenyon Drake had a million, and Chase Edmonds had like two. He had one. There you go, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Edmonds doesn't get goal line carries, but that's the thing. It's like everything was wrong for Chase Edmonds for good, for reliable fantasy production last year. Limited role, no goal line carries. Didn't even run the ball very much. He was still a top 24 running back. Oh, yeah. He's going to be at worst what he was last year. And that's. yeah, See, I feel like I'm very down on him. I still have him in the mid 20s, so it's yeah, not you, like I you're you're drafting like at at RB 25 right now. You're drafting him at his floor because that's what he is if he plays the exact same role as he did last year in an offense that's probably going to be better. The offensive line got better. Kyler should progress. They added another weapon in Rondell Moore to the wide receiver room. Uh, hopefully AJ Green doesn't play very much because he's bad now. Rip AJ Green, but yeah, yeah it's it's. Everything suggests that he's in a better situation this year than he was last year. Last year, he was a top 24 running back. He's going at outside the top 24, and yet everybody just wants to tell you how much you should fade him when it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, my like my really only quibble with Chase Edmonds is it feels like he's going almost at value. Like, but, if I but that's to, the thing. You can't yeah. say that when he's when his floor is where he's going, his ceiling isn't also where he's going. Like I, his ceiling, his ceiling is, it's possible. It is. I don't think so because his role could be bigger this year. I'm not saying it's going to be hugely bigger. You know, he's going to finish in my opinion, somewhere between RB 15 and RB 25. See, Okay. So our only difference is I think he's going to finish in the back half of that. That's my thing is I think I, I just, and, I and think, if he, if he splits the difference, he's RB 20. So he's a, yeah. mid-tier to low-end RB2. And so you're getting about half a round to a full round value. Yeah, like I said, I don't hate him. It's just, you know, it's just well, one I of those just really things. like, I, I know, I'm, I'm arguing less against you and more against, like, the Twitter mob who will tell you that James Conner's the guy to draft in that backfield, even though I, I, question, I, whether, I question A, whether James Conner is actually that good anymore, and B, why everybody's going, like, crazy gaga over a guy who's making vet men and isn't the starter. Well, I, I actually at RB 37, what he's ranked, I'd go James Conner over Chase Edmonds. At value. Uh, that was, yeah, at value. Because but I don't think, I personally, I don't. It's a joke. I don't think it's value. I, he's not a starter. Like, it, well, yeah. what are you saying that he can't, he's not going to be the Kenyon Drake? He's not. Oh, They're, no. They, what if he gets cut by week six? They have no they, reason to hold on to him if he sucks for the first month. Exactly. They, he's, they, they were paying Kenyon Drake $8 million to be the starting running back last year. They're paying James Conner like, basically zero guaranteed yeah. money. If James Conner gets James hurt, Connor, if James Conner gets dinged up early right. or is bad, he's gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. do think they he's have. Bad. You no, he James, is bad. If you though. cut James Conner, then who do who do they have there? They that's what I was gonna say. That's the reason to not cut James Conner. It's because it's. But anybody, literally, yeah, they people use, they, get they could literally use the Geno Benjamin or Jonathan Ward, or they could just sign. Lev Bell. I don't know. You're not gonna. Yeah, find they could sign Lev Bell. Exactly. That's better than James. Melvin Conner. Gordon. Anybody like? Yeah, there's Gordon no reason. Melvin Gordon could get cut tomorrow. You could trade for Royce Freeman and get the same production. 
Trade a seventh round pick for Royce Freeman. I think Royce Freeman's better than James Conner right now. I'd say they're about the same. Okay. They do very similar things. I don't see that at all, but okay. This is. I I think we're. I don't think Conner's. We're living in a weird reality. But like. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're living in a reality where where for some reason James Conner gets signed to a vet min contract off the street like in May to back up Chase Edmonds, and everyone immediately goes nuts and says that. James Connors the starter now, even though mm-hmm. James Connors average at best he, and Chase Edmonds is pretty good. He was a top twelve back uh, in tw- in twenty nineteen or twenty. That was two years. That's okay. almost three well, years. Follow ago. me here. Follow me here. Okay. Okay. So okay. He, ha- he has he has the potential. He has the ability to be that. Okay. Because he? he's proven to be that. Okay. Anymore. Then, he, then he's out. Well, follow me. Then he's finish, out. Walker. <laughs> he, then he's out, you know, in 2019 with an injury. 2020, he comes back and he's really good. And then he falls off. Why? Because he has an injury. So he got COVID, Mike. It's, it, you know, it, it's not so much that he's not a good football. It's the injuries that are the concern. So I, I really believe that James Conner's coming in to play the Kenyon Drake role. And then Chase Edmonds is going to stick to what he had, what he did last year. So to, to say that James Connors is not good, I, I just can't follow it unless these injuries have piled on so much that he's incapable of doing what that, he's that, shown to do. That's what I'm afraid of. I, I don't. Yeah. James Conner has been a good football player in the past. I will agree with that. There's no doubt about that. I just don't see him being able to replicate that when he's had so many injuries over and over and over again as a guy who got a lot of touches in college, didn't always hold up in college. I know he had cancer. So, you know, obviously he, he's done an amazing job getting through that just to play in the NFL period. So, um, but there's just no, like, I understand that James Conner has had like an RB one type year in the past. And obviously Chase Edmonds has never been in a role to do that, but based on, what, how the team is set up, how they like to play, what those two guys do well, and how, what they they paid to bring James Conner in. There's nothing on paper empirically that would suggest at all that James Conner is going to have a similar role to Kenyon Drake. The only reason why people are saying that is because he's the same kind of type of guy, but offenses change. And the Cardinals petered out at the end of the season last year. They're going to be looking well, to do some different things. I mean, that's it's Kyler had a messed up shoulder. True. True. Um, yeah. And like I said, I mean, I just, I feel like Edmonds's role goes up a little bit, even if it's like 10, 15%, he probably goes from RB 24 to like RB 20. And you're getting half a round to a round value on him. He's a solid player, and there's a good chance in a lot of drafts that he's going to fall to that RB 28, 29, 30 range because people are going to take Javante Williams over him. People are going to take Travis Etienne, which you should, over him. You know, people are going to take Rojo over him. It, it's, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be leagues where people take A.J. Dillon over him, which is insane, but people will do it. Well, Damian yeah, Harris will go ahead. Chase Edmonds there. I mean, no— Chase, you you throw out the name Chase Edmonds and people aren't looking. Oh, where can I get this guy? Oh my exactly. god, I'm so exactly. But that's him. why that's why he'll get overlooked. And then you, exactly. you know, he's he's a guy who's going to provide. You know, he's he, he if you have if you have a solid RB one, you can stick Chase Edmonds in your RB two slot every week, and he has a high floor and a medium ceiling. He's yeah. perfectly fine. 
Yeah, no, I Chase agree. Edmonds isn't the guy you want to draft in like a best ball, but like for a, no. any sort of like weekly league, if you could set him in your RB2 flex spot or whatever, you're going to get points every week. This Cardinals offense is not, I'm not going to say run through him, but no matter what, like the game situation, if, if they're down, it's going to Chase Edmonds. If they're up, they might as well put Chase Edmonds in. Why waste touches on James Conner? So that he can't get like uh, game scripted out of games already. He's going to have his usage. It's going to be solidified. He had up to 96% in one game whenever nobody was available. But they trusted him. They obviously trust this guy. They paid him. They, like, Is he going to produce at an RB1 level like we you know, we alluded to? No, he's not. that's not what he's going to be. But he's kind of like a poor man's Austin Eckler in the sense that he's going to be on the field more than people expect him to be, even mm-hmm. though he doesn't have the exact build to be that every down workhorse. Like he doesn't have more than a hundred rushes in any year. He's been in the league for three years now, but right. nevertheless, his targets, his targets jumped last year to like 67 from like around the twenties, each of his first two years, his yards per target have gone up. Catch rate, I believe has gone up as well. Uh, Chase Evans is good. Like he had, he caught 10 of 11 passes in the red zone. They love using him there, but not as a rusher. They like using him as a pass catcher, which is fine. Why didn't Cliff's offense work like uh, to a T, whatever, from Texas Tech? Because you can't run five wide offenses every freaking <laughs> down in the NFL. That doesn't work. You need blockers. You need fullbacks. You need tight ends. I mean, occasionally at least. So Chase Edmonds is kind of that perfect back. He had DeAndre Washington in college where he fed him with Mahomes there. And now Edmonds is kind of that guy. He could do a little bit of everything. He's not a bad rusher either, but he's not a grinder like Connor. Connor's going to get used at the red zone. I mean, in the goal line situations and then between the twenties, Edmonds is going to get used throughout the game. Uh, Connor, obviously, like you mentioned, he's injury prone. That's what he is. He has a very, uh, I I don't like saying injury prone, but like there's always something, something's bothering him. Something's nagging him as we've seen throughout the past few years. I don't know if it's a residual effect of the cancer. I don't want to make any, uh, correlation there because I'm not a doctor obviously, but you know, this guy, he he's had an uphill battle for the last few years and it's brutal and I, I hope he's okay, but I don't like betting on someone like this over the past few seasons where we've seen like since the Steelers O-line's been a lot worse since that 2018 season, I believe, you know, back then they had a top three run blocking O-line. Then it kind of degraded over the past few years and we saw Connor not perform as well. We saw Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges come in. He didn't perform as well. And that's kind of like the entire offense didn't perform well. So it's not only on him, but now it's hard to buy into because you have to not only buy that he's going to have a significant role like Drake where they were paying Drake and they were kind of forced. They like their, their arms were twisted to feed Drake. But now if Connor's not producing, they're not going to feed him. So I see it as that. And do I want to pay out top 100 pick for that? I don't think so. All right. Kev put a button on it. All right. Um, real quick on Chase Edmonds. Uh, Hold on, I got I lost the ADP here. Uh, Chase Edmonds or Travis Etienne? Etienne. Oh, Etienne. That's okay. easy. Chase Edmonds or Mike Davis? Et, uh, Edmonds. Mike. Dave Davis. Edmonds. Edmonds. Okay. Uh, Etienne. Etienne over Edmonds, Mike. Well, Mike hates Etienne, so. I don't hate ATN. That's not it at all. If, if James Robinson wasn't back, it wasn't there. I'd be all over ATN. But this guy I, hates Travis. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, know. I know. Um, <laughs> hates Travis ATN. <laughs> ATN. Um, got it out of me. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Edmonds just because ATN's a rookie and I don't know what he can or cannot do. All right, last question, and this determines the future of the podcast: Chase Edmonds or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin. 
Edmonds. Kev, you're off. Thanks. Well, he's not <laughs> Thanks. on the Sorry. podcast. Wrong, wrong, yeah, wrong answer. On. Thanks for joining us. Well, no, Miles my, my, Gaskin's going to be good this season. Uh, there's Kev, are you in on Rojo this year? Yeah, I'm in on Rojo, but like he he's 50 picks Gaskin. later. He's 50 picks later. But it's not the Why same would situation I have to be... because Gaskin has no competition and Jones does. Well, you're talking about injuries. Rojo... Gaskin is, is Gaskin got awesome. Gaskin got hurt last year. Yes, Gaskin and also is, year before he, and his body size. He's only like what it what 195. Okay, um, so so Miles Gaskin was uh, RB11 in PPR points per game among running backs last year. He caught four balls. One of your major points about James Conner was injuries, and Miles Gaskin is is demonstrating those exact effects that James Conner does. I, I what understand What I love that. about this podcast yeah. is the focus that we can demonstrate. Like we, we don't just go argue about a guy in a completely different division. All yeah, right. yeah, we never do that. Yeah, all right. What? Who did we – we were talking about the Tennessee Titans, and we started arguing about, like – some random team. Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole or something. I tried. I tried yeah, to start awesome. arguing about Keelan Cole like a real, like a real. Dumb. Why? Yeah, that's what <laughs> because I'm because Keelan I'm an idiot. Your guy. I've been exactly doing. I've been doing, doing this bit with my hat for 30 minutes and none of you have said anything. What bit? I don't. I, I don't my hat started nothing. straight and then it was like this and nobody said anything. Just, I thought you were just futzing, man. <laughs> I thought well, you were just I did that on purpose. I'm looking at stats. I'm not looking at this screen yeah. right now. Right, right, I, I thought all of you were just willfully ignoring me. No, I thought you were just I thought you were just futzing. All right, guys. Arizona Cardinals. Oh, wait, wait. Players. What? Can I say one last thing on Edmonds? Have it. Oh boy. Yeah, he. Okay, yeah. Just one quick thing. He's five nine two ten. Like he had. Like this guy looks small, but he's actually pretty well built for yeah, whatever role he plays. So it just kind of a. Pr- yeah, it's kind of like a perception thing here What that Edmonds is small. He's not small. Like, if you want to talk about Gaskin, Gaskin's small. But yes. uh, nevertheless, we're talking – yeah. So if we're talking about size for how we determine running backs, Edmonds is not small. No, That's neither, it. That's all I got. Neither is James Conner. All right. Let's, I'm not going to – I'm not <laughs> giving my toe back in that. How small right, is Eno so, Benjamin? Thick. So, oh, uh, Eno Benjamin, I don't know. He's, my guess would be he's like 5'8", five, five, eight, eight, one, one, five. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably one of the smallest dudes in the NFL. Let's so, see, you know, yeah. Jakeem Grant, I think. 5'9", 207. 5'9", 207. Good guy. He's a little... little yeah. Jakeem Grant's like 5'6", 165, 170, I think. Yeah, Jakeem, that's a good one, too. He, okay. he might be the All right, smallest. guys. Guys, this is going to be a four Can hour. you beat Jakeem Grant up or what? Who who would win in a fight, Walker or Jakeem Grant? Oh, Jakeem Grant. That's easy. Jakeem Grant's built like a <laughs> like a fire hydrant. I would die. Would I die. have the re- the only thing I have on him is the reach advantage. <laughs> but even then, like that only goes so far. No, he'd he just, just tackle me. Yeah. A, like it would be so easy for him to beat me up. Yeah. Yeah, reach doesn't matter if he can just like collapse and collapse you. So, all right, wide receivers for like the fifth time. I'm trying to transition. Uh, we got uh, four guys here with ADP: DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver four; Christian Kirk, waste of a pick; AJ Green, waste of a pick; Rondale Moore, wide receiver 69, nice, nice. 217 overall. Nice. So, um, do we care? I'll start off with this. Let's make this easy. Do we care about Christian Kirk or AJ Green at all? Kirk. I, yeah, Kirk. Kirk. All right, let's talk about Christian Kirk before we talk about Nuke and then Rondell Moore. I think Christian Kirk could. People are forgetting He's so about Christian Kirk. It. Christian Kirk could take the Larry Fitzgerald role. Oh, 
Oh, Sorry, he yep. could. He definitely could. And people seem to be thinking like people are acting like Chris Kirk, Christian Kirk is bad at football because Rondell Moore got drafted. That's not the case. Like Christian Kirk's a pretty solid football player. He's not amazing, but like he's a decent, you know, he's a decent enough second or third receiver. Like he's a starter. It's just that, you know, and I love Rondell Moore. He's very exciting and he's a, I think he's a better football player than Christian Kirk, but I don't know how they're going to use him. You know, he, he's a very, there's a good chance he ends up in a gadgety type role. He could be LaVisca Chenault last year. Right, exactly. Whereas Kirk is a straight up receiver who works well out of the slot. Like I could easily see him ending up in a scenario where he has that late career fits type year, just with a little bit more athleticism and finishes with like 65 for 750 and five touchdowns. And you're getting him for like wide receiver five or six price because Everyone hates him now that Rondell Moore got drafted. Like, I drafted him at, funnily, funnily enough, uh, I believe wide receiver 69 in nice. Scott Fishbowl. Nice. And I thought that was pretty solid value. Like, if he sucks, I just drop him. Like, I mean, yeah. at, you're drafting him so late that if if it turns out they use Rondell Moore in that and Christian Kirk gets frozen out of the offense, oh, well. But mm-hmm. if he doesn't, then all of a sudden he's got a solid week-to-week role and you can put him in your flex on bye weeks or on good matchups and get solid production. Yeah, no, I think he's a wide receiver three this year. If you look at Christian Kirk, wow, okay, uh, that's a little high for me even. No, I mean I think he produces legitimate like startable weekly role. Like I mean he's been efficient. Like last year seven point nine yards per target, rookie year eight point seven. He's been good. Last year they played. I mean the last couple of years they played him out of position where he's playing outside in a role that's not fit for him. He has a low catch radius. If you look at Christian Kirk, yes, he's fast but he's not outside wide receiver fast. He's slot wide receiver fast. He can get open in the middle of the field. Whereas outside, he can't beat a man outside. He can't leverage his body like that, but he can find holes. Like this is kind of like the opposite of like a Michael Pittman jr. Where if you look at Michael Pittman, that's it. Like that's the role you want. Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk is where you want him in the slot. Like he's, he has the speed to get open. He has the hands. Uh, he's had injury issues, but if you look at his career, 12 games, 13 games, 14 games, Rondell Moore's barely played over the last two seasons. He's had like hamstring injuries and whatnot. So, you know, I wouldn't really be counting on Rondell Moore to be, uh, he'll be involved, but I wouldn't bet on him too. I'm not really drafting him at all. And I love him. I think he's amazing. Uh, I think the role he played last year is a little skewed because he was coming off of uh, opting out and then he opted back in. And then like, they kind of used him in like a pure flanker role. And that's probably what he's going to do this year. Uh, the starting lineup's going to be Hopkins, Kirk in the slot, and AJ Green outside. Very, uh, I think it's going to be a much more potent offense this year because they're going to have everybody playing the right role. Fitz, you know, you mentioned key losses. Losing Fitz is not a loss. Like, that, this is addition by subtraction. Losing Kenyon Drake, I mean, they're replacing him with Connor, but it, it's these aren't losses. Their offense is going to get naturally better with, these additions like Kirk to the slot, Rondell Moore in like whatever role he plays. And then Connor, I, I guess it's kind of even with Drake, but yeah, I have high hopes for this Arizona offense and I'm buying all of the Kirk considering his ADP is like pick 155 right now. Wow. This guy, this guy coming with a Bunsen burner blowtorch for the show notes. Jesus. <laughs> no, I mean, the, you, you guys make a compelling case for Christian Kirk at, at his draft price. He's basically free and you know, I, I think people are getting all up in their feelings about uh, Rondale Moore being the shiny new thing. But I think he's more likely to be LaVisca Chenault this year than Debo Samuel. So if you're going to pick a second guy to draft in this in this offense, I think it would be Christian Kirk. I mean, in this wide receiver core, I think it should be Christian Kirk. Um, I think A.J. Green's washed. Does anybody disagree? No. 
I mean, he's going to do what Larry Fitzgerald did. I so, mean, so yes. <laughs> Whatever you want to call that, then yeah. 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 All right. So uh, Rondell Moore, we kind of touched on it. Gadget guy. Does anybody else have anything to add about Rondell Moore? No, we talked about him he's a lot of rookie stuff. He's yeah, very he's, good at football. That's, he's that's good what at, I would like yeah, to say. He's good. He's good, but uh, yeah, I just, you know, so is LaVisca Chenault. And we he's saw better that than, Rondell Moore is better than LaVisca Chenault. But it's that rule. Yeah, 100 percent also, LaVisca Chenault's not actually that good at football. This guy hates LaVisca Chenault. He's, <laughs> he's not good at route running. Like, he can't, yes. this guy, he's a pure and, and freaking, like, and he can't he's a gadget. The ball he's at all. Fancy Cordero Patterson. Exactly. He's Cordero Patterson, but slightly better at, but slightly better at, like, running with the ball, not directly into someone. All right. So that's with, Miles Gaskin I'll give him and that LaVisca much. Chenault on this NFC West preview. Roasted. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, um, I don't, I like Le- Wait, sorry. I like Chenault for fantasy because he's going to get touches, but I don't like him as a like. He's probably wide receiver three in terms of talent on that Jaguars offense, in my opinion. Not probably. He 100 percent. No, he is right, right behind Jones at one and then Shark at two. Yeah. Yeah. He might not so, even be sure. great of all things. Colin Johnson. <laughs> Kevin and I have had this argument. He thinks that DJ Shark's <laughs> yeah. better than Marvin Jones. With, with no I don't want to get into it. We're not getting into that. This is not the AFC uh, AFC. South podcast. Sorry, I no evidence. Slept on that, but no. <laughs> All <laughs> right, exonerated. No wrongdoing. Marvin Jones. <laughs> um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He's good at football. He's Real a top good. five wide receiver. Yeah. He should be a top five wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he is no, what he not, is. Yeah, we're He's not going to give you. We're not going to give you any information on this podcast that you're not going to hear from everybody else on DeAndre Hopkins. He does the same thing every year. He's super yeah. reliable. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna finish like wide receiver five. Like yeah. he's really good at football. Yeah. Yeah. The cool. only thing to talk about last or two or three or four, it doesn't matter. It, it, you draft him where he's going because that's where he should go. That it's yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 It's it's last year. The only discussion yeah. to be had was is he gonna get as many targets as he did in Houston? And the answer was absolutely. Let's move on. Like yep. that's yeah. that that's it. So all right, let's go on to the L.A. Rams. Uh, last year they were ten and six. This year, they have a Vegas Insider uh, uh, over-under of 10.5 wins. Key additions were Deshaun Jackson, Matthew Stafford, and Tutu Atwell. Uh, key losses, Jared Goff and Josh Reynolds. I'm going to give Walker the floor on the quarterback. QB 11, 90 overall. His boy, Matthew Stafford. Let's go. That's my boy. Yes. Um, well, obviously, I love Matthew Stafford as a dude. Love Matthew Stafford as a football player. Um He'll be in a good offense to throw the ball a lot this year. So he should definitely return at least quarterback 11 value. The problem is that the upside's capped because he doesn't run very much. So. Or at all. He he, he scrambles like twice a game. You know, yeah, he, he's, he's going to have 40 carries for 125 yards and one touchdown or something. It, it's not going to, it's going to be very little value. He's going to give you like one point per game of rushing value. It's it's going to be all arm and he's going to get a lot of points with the arm. He has done it before when he's had good weapons, he's going to be in an ideal situation to do it this year. Um, you know, he's obviously going to play very well. It's just that I can't put him ahead of any of those top five guys. I can't put him ahead of Russ. I can't put him ahead of Tannehill. I can't put him ahead of Herbert and I can't put him ahead of Rogers or Brady because they've been more efficient and, and, they're in offenses that throw just as much, you know. So uh, Stafford, barring injuries to people ahead of him, his highest possible finish is probably QB nine, and he's going at QB eleven. So 
I think he's being drafted right around where he should be drafted. I probably won't have much of him because I like like Ryan Tannehill's going right around there, and I like him better because of the rushing upside. So I, well, I love, 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 love Matthew Stafford as a football player, and I think he's going to make the Rams so much better. I think that for fantasy, he's kind of just a, uh, he's a decent option that's going where he should go. Yeah, that that's exactly how I feel about Matthew Stafford as well, where it's like he is he's the the back end that like what I always talked about for years, the like Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers tier, where it's like Mm -hmm. I'm going to get them between quarterback 11 and 14 and they're going to end up somewhere between quarterback 11 and 14 because the upside just, you know, now it's it's if you don't throw, you don't have or don't run. I don't want you in my top uh, like eight just because I think. You have to like last year it was Brady and 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 uh, Rogers who didn't even run. Even Rogers scrambles a little bit. Yeah, like he'll he'll run for two hundred or two fifty. Like Brady's the only guy in the top who doesn't run at all, and even he has like three sneak touchdowns a year. Yeah. So and, yeah. And so it, it's like I I can't if if you don't run there is a cap on what you can do. Not because you're a bad quarterback or not because you're. You know, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, could be better at football than some of the guys ahead of him. And my dog is. is being very passive aggressive with her yawns. I'm sorry if you guys heard that. Um, but it's he doesn't run. And and that's it. You got to I mean, uh, Rodgers had 48 passing touchdowns last year. Brady had 40. Those were like the only guys who didn't run in the top eight, um, mm-hmm. top nine. If you have Lamar Jackson, top 10, if you had Justin Herbert. So he's right outside right. that range. Right. He's I mean, the guy that you just wait and wait and wait and be like, all right, this is. This is who I'm going to take. Yeah, if Matt Stafford throws, yeah, yeah if ahead, Matt Walker. Stafford, if Stafford throws like 1.75 touchdowns a game or something, and he finishes with like 30 or 31 passing touchdowns, then he's going to end up at QB 11. And if he throws like 40 touchdowns, then he's going to finish at like QB eight. Yeah. So it's just like you know it. He'll be good and he'll be reliable and consistent. So. If he falls in your draft, you know, if, if like you're a weight on QB person and 12 or 13 quarterbacks are off the board, you know, somebody reaches for Jalen Hurts or somebody reaches for uh, Burrow or something like that, then, you know, Stafford's sitting there in like the 10th round or something, then sure, you know, I'm fine with that because he's not going to hurt you, but mm-hmm. he's just not going to give you that weak winning upside very often either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's I, I was on the stream day before yesterday. I was talking about that. I was like, if I don't get Tannehill, you know, if I push it too far in Tannehill, it's like, well, I'll just wait and see if. Yeah, I'm just going to wait and see if Burrow or Stafford, whichever one is still there. Yeah, and I'm I'll wait compl- till one goes and I take the other. At that point, I'm completely punting. I'm just taking with like two of my last three picks. I'm taking like Fitz and Tua. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Completely punting. Well, Fitz, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I mean, th- both of those guys will finish between like 12 and 20. So, yeah. So what were you saying? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for quarterback 20. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm burning two picks yeah. on quarterback 15 and 17. <laughs> yeah, I will wait. not actually no. be doing that. I, I'm I'm drafting quarterback a lot earlier this year because it's just so paramount yeah. to get a Konami code guy. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like, I, Stafford, I'm not interested, I love Stafford, don't get me wrong, like, he's great, he plays for my favorite team, that's awesome, but I'm not drafting him in any, like, normal league, mm-hmm. uh, because those points really don't add up without the rushing, I have him, I just did the Rams projections, I don't know if anybody cares, but I have him, like, projected for, like, 100 yards on the ground and maybe a touchdown, and, like, he's done that in the past, so yep. I was like, okay, I guess maybe Sean McVay will open up 
something for him, whatever. So with Stafford, we're looking at a guy like in Scott Fishbowl with efficiency and sacks and all that counting. I drafted him as quarterback 10 and I'm very happy with that because I realized if I waited till my next pick, I was going to get a quarterback. And I was like, I'd rather have a guy like Stafford than someone in Scott Fishbowl who could get me negative points. So when it comes down to a league like that, yeah, I'm taking Stafford. But otherwise, I'm not interested. I'm taking Lamar Jackson earlier or I'm waiting for like freaking Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz, who at least can rush a little bit. Because uh, even with the passing yardage disparity, the passing touchdown disparity, that, that rushing yard is, is such a buoy to value that. It's it's crazy because it kind of makes it unfair because good quarterbacks are devalued to a certain degree and Stafford's a very good quarterback and I haven't projected for like 5,000 yards and mid 30s touchdowns and that still really does not matter that much considering how little like in some leagues it takes a uh, hundred passing yards to reach what like four points yeah. or something some are like 0.25 yeah so it, it just it's such a weird, like, even though passing yards are a weird stat in general, because, like, you could throw a five-yard slant and a wide receiver takes it for, like, 70 yards and houses a touchdown. You don't really do much, but, that, like, in, in terms of Stafford, I'm not really interested this season in any sort of typical league. I mean, that's, he's a fallback guy. That's the best way to yeah. think about him. He's he's a fallback. Um, Mike, how do you feel about, oh, real quick, uh, Kev, 123 yards and one rushing touchdown. So I'm right there with that one rushing touchdown for Matthew yeah. Stafford. There we go. Uh, Mike, uh, how are you feeling about Stafford? Stafford, Stafford's the guy that his, his ADP, like we're looking at now, QB 11, is someone that you can get at QB 17, 15, and that level. If you get him there, then you have a return on investment. If he goes between 11 and 15, then I'm not going to care. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here, here's the reason why I won't have him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is quarterback 11 at 79 and Matthew Stafford is quarterback 12 at 85. So it's like, if I, um, have my druthers, I'm taking Ryan Tannehill the round before I have the opportunity to take Stafford. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the running backs and Kev, uh, we'll start with you. Cam Akers running mm-hmm. back 11, 15 overall. This is your, your brand for this year. So I'm going to be quiet and respectful. I will not say anything about Cam Akers and I'll let you say your piece. Okay. Well, we obviously have Cam Akers drafted in round two of 2020 of 2020's draft. And this came as a shocker. I didn't want Cam Akers on my team. I was like, why the hell are we drafting a running back when we just took Daryl, uh, Daryl Henderson the year before in round three. But what I realized is at least in terms of fantasy, it's this team telling you, we don't see Daryl Henderson as this team's back. We see Cam Akers, this guy who's the number one college prospect, or at least uh, whatever, out of high out of high school coming into college. He was the number one running back. They saw him in Florida State. They're like, obviously, this offense isn't the problems. We are going to look past, past those, look at the running back in general, and we see a guy who's built as a pure RB1 workhorse back, whatever. They gave him the usage out the gates. They named him week one starter. He kind of flubbed in that Dallas game. He played like 34% of the snaps. He wasn't very good. He showed like one flash or two, but the yardage showed was like 34. He had like one target or so. Then he gets each of the first three touches of the next game. I believe this was against the Eagles. And then he gets hurt. He has the rib injury. They bring him back a few weeks later, a couple touches. He He doesn't play the next two games. And then he gets a couple more touches. He gets a couple more touches. And then they turn him into the workhorse. He's getting 20 touches per game, 25 touches in the playoffs. Daryl Henderson's on IR. I think Malcolm Brown's hurt as well or something happened. They're using uh, Cam Akers as their workhorse back. They're giving him nearly 30 touches per game against the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. 
and you're seeing this team trusts him. They're giving him 80%, 90% of the touch of, of the snaps. So we saw already at the end of the last season, this has nothing to do with the production in general. Like he produced, but it's just about the team trusting him. They just released a video with like Eric Dickerson or something with Cam Akers trying on the goggles. This is meaningless. It doesn't really mean much, but you can just take away. He is the guy in this backfield to own. I haven't projected for roughly 1500 total yards and 11 touchdowns with 35 receptions. That's good for about RB6, RB7 production overall from last season. This year, with the 17th game, that might change a little bit. And these projections are simply for 16 games. It's for the fantasy season. So I think if you get him at RB9, RB10, wherever at the back end of the first, top of the second round, you're getting a guy who should finish mid-round one or mid-RB6, RB7, so an RB1 value. With the upside, if Daryl Henderson goes down for RB1 overall, because they will give him all of the touches if possible, because they showed you that they're willing to do it. So, I mean, the pro like he has the size, he has the athletic ability, he has the speed, he has everything. And the, the Rams offense with Stafford in place, I mean, sky's the limit. They've shown to be one of the best offenses in the league and before. Obviously, Goff was the guy holding them back. So I, I think everything clicks. The offensive line is pretty good. I'm all in on Cam Akers. The only thing that concerns, like, I, you make a lot of good points, and I think Cam Akers is a very solid football player. He's definitely the lead back in the offense. Um, I think they'll give Henderson, you know, it, it'll be a normal split where it's a lead back and a backup. You know, he'll mm-hmm. it'll be like 68-32 or whatever Yeah. Um, when, when they're both healthy. Um, the only issue I have is I don't think the sky's the limit because – the Rams are dead last in the league in throwing to running backs. They just don't do it. They don't throw the ball to running backs. And it's just not what McVay likes to do. And he's not going to change the offense with Stafford coming in. Stafford loves to throw the ball downfield. He's going to hit those intermediate routes. He's got great receivers to run those routes. You know, Woods and Cup are amazing at running those routes. So I just don't – I don't see any running back in that offense Um being a focal point in the passing game. And that's why I don't think the upside is as high, but I do think he's a talented player. And in the event that Henderson were to get hurt and acres were to stay healthy, then you're absolutely right. Then he's, you know, he's way up the board because there's nobody else to take touches from him. I mean, Xavier Jones or Jake Funk's not taking any touches from the guy. So, um, I, I wouldn't take him at his current price just because, as it stands right now, I don't think he, he's not he's not going to get like Najee Harris touch load and he's not going to really get thrown too much. So it's that puts him just outside RB1 range for me, like high, high, high end RB2. So I probably won't have any of him, but there's definitely if 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 the current situation happens all season, I think he finishes at like RB14. If Henderson gets hurt and he's getting the touch load that he got in the playoffs last year, then yeah, he's going to finish as like probably RB3 or something like that. But I can't project that to happen because that's not what's on paper right now. And if it does, it does, you know, and I hope he pops off. I, you know, I think the Rams are going to be fun this year and I, and I, I root for pretty much every player as long as they're not a a big time asshole. But yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't see the massive upside right now, but it's certainly not one where I'm going to be like, wow, you're like 
where is everybody getting this hype for Cam Akers? Like, I get it. I, I get why people are excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, may, I my, that, may I counter that point oh, before Mike sure. gets in? Sorry. Sure. I, just, I just want to counter the reception. The This offense doesn't target running backs. Todd Gurley. In 2017, 87 targets in 15 games. 2018, 14 games, 81 targets. Obviously, Cam Akers isn't Todd Gurley. But again, that's the lead back in the offense. They were willing to throw to running backs. Yes, that was golf. But if you look at what Theo Riddick did with a healthy Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson, I believe this was 20... 15 or 2014. I forgot this what year this was. With a healthy Matt Stafford as well throughout the full season, Theo Riddick had about like 100 targets or so. So it's not like okay. Stafford's never targeted running backs. If Cam Akers, he looked good. He was super efficient as a, a running back target, even though he only had, I, be, I believe it was like 14 targets last year, something stupid. He was very efficient on those touches. He's he's fully capable of acting as a receiving back. So the, the offense has shown in the past two target running backs. They weren't targeting Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. If Cam Akers shows the capability to do it even more so than he did last year, they are going to target him because those underneath targets are going to be open. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. I know Tyler Higby's not all that, but Woods and Cup are legit threats. So and then Deshaun Jackson, let's say he stays healthy as well. That deep field, uh, he's going to take the top off for the safeties to have to pay attention to. So. I just see if – it doesn't even have to be if things crack right. Cam Akers is fully able to do this, and the offense has shown that it's willing to throw to running backs before. So it's not something that really gets schemed in. It's like if he's capable, he's going to do it, and I think the targets will be there because he's talented enough to earn them. And past RBs and their production, not named Todd Gurley, shouldn't define what this offense is going to do moving forward. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, my, I my, only, my only counter to that counter was Todd Gurley did have very few targets in 2019, but t- Todd Gurley also sucked into 2019. So there's that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was his knee. That was the knee year though. That was yeah, the, yeah. if you think about it, that was after the knee. I yeah. think that I, I honestly, like, I think that there's like very valid points on both sides of this argument. And I really don't know which way it's going to go. Like I'm, I think my stance is the correct one or else I wouldn't have it. But like, <laughs> if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I won't be shocked. And and like it's understandable that the thing I don't think will happen could happen. Like it's not one of these things where it's not like the people who are like J.K. Dobbins is going to be a top six running back this year. It's like, huh? How? Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So you know, there there's a path. It's not insane to think this. It's just not personally what I have projected. Well, yeah, I have so, him as an RB fifteen. So so yeah, there you go. So Mike's kind of splitting the difference. I got him at I, I'm the lowest here, and, and yeah, I'm not, you have him I, way down there. Not anymore. He's flown up the ranks to running back 19. Jesus Christ, getting there. I mean, I don't love Cam Akers, but yeah, like when I redo mine, he'll probably be 13, 14. I would say. Yeah, it's just well, he's in this big glob of guys between like 13. Like I would not be surprised in any order that these guys come out: Swift, Mixon, Montgomery, Ceh, Akers, Sanders. And Gaskin. I've Gaskin at oh, the back. Uh, Swift will score the most points of those guys. I don't think it's I have him really at close. the top. I have yeah. him at the top of that group, but I wouldn't be surprised at any order that that comes out. Well, because they're all good. They're all good, solid runners, but some of them have injury problems. Some of them don't catch a lot of passes. Swift doesn't have either of those problems. Plus, yeah. Swift is going to be it, Swift is the best offensive player on the team, so he's going to yeah. get so many touches. Yeah, I have the most. I have so much invested in Swift. Like, I love DeAndre Swift, but, like, I think I love his price more than anything. He's, he's going so, back into the third round now. It's he's ridiculous. So he's DeAndre Swift because, should be. Yeah, because yeah, he should be mid-second. Like, everybody's yeah, like, mid-second. oh, Lions bad, so we can't draft any Lions now. It's like, well, 
they've got two guys. And so those two guys are going to get absolutely peppered with touches. This is how it works. It's not like, and Jared Goff isn't good, but he's not so bad that he can't dump the ball to TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, exactly. And the O line, the O. If you have, you could be Our a bad team. Good. If you have an elite or top ten O line or whatever, you can mitigate an offense's uh, dysfunction. So, and like Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perry, like defenses are gonna have to kind of respect them. And it's not yeah. like Goff isn't able to hit people downfield. It's just making those accurate throws he's bad at. He can chuck a ball. He can yolo a ball. Yeah. And like if he has time and play action, I think. I think this offense is going to be better than people think. It'll be below average, but it'll be like 20th instead of 31st or whatever. I completely agree. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's not going to be good by any means, but it's not going to be like bottom of the barrel garbage. It's not going to be a laughing stock like a no, lot of people no, think it's no. going to be. Yeah. I don't think I, this I don't is think a 7 and 9 team. Been, Look, has there ever been an It's a 7 and 9 ass team. But, yeah. Been a what? An Anthony Lynn offense has an Anthony Lynn offense ever been like dead bottom of the league? No. Because he's yeah. a pretty good OC. Yeah, yeah, he's not a head coach, but he's a really good OC. Like uh, I, I, I mean, our staff is good. Like I don't agree with yeah. Kev. I don't think this is a seven and nine football team. I think it's probably a five win football team. But uh, that's just because I am scarred. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that pain. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Oh, Daryl Henderson, uh, RB forty seven. You can guess. take him a little earlier than that, I guess, but like yeah. he's not a he's not playable week to week. No, it's it's very much a if you think that everything that Kev said was wrong, then you <laughs> should that I'm not saying yeah you know, I'm saying in a situation where you're a Cam Akers hater, take then get Daryl Henderson because that means Daryl Henderson will be better than this RB forty seven. So I don't Jeff, like Cam Jeff Akers, will have Jeff will right? have Daryl Henderson. I was gonna say I don't particularly like Cam Akers. I'm still not drafting Daryl Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so all right, let's. Um, Daryl Henderson is going to be one of those guys that's going to be the waiver wire darling every other week. He's yes, he's oh gonna, yeah, he's he's, he's going to he's going to get drafted at RB forty seven. He's going to finish at RB thirty seven, and then we're going to get like eight thousand articles about how good of a value Daryl Henderson is without looking at the underlying facts that he had like three top thirty six weeks all season. <laughs> yeah, it's like he fall he'll fall into like a two touchdown game one week randomly and he'll just yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the wide receivers, which <laughs> running back controversy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paging 50% of fantasy Twitter. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, God. There's a second running back on the roster. That means this guy isn't good. My God, my column. Yeah. Um, Robert Woods, uh, running wide receiver, 19 Cooper cup, wide receiver, 20, 50 and 54. Respectively. Absurd. Then you got D yeah. at 92, uh, wide receiver, 92 Van Jefferson, wide receiver, 112. 2-2 Atwell, wide receiver 121. If you've never heard of 2-2 Atwell, uh, he is everything that fantasy Twitter fears Devonta Smith is. He is too small. He's yeah, a rookie. Yeah. He's too, too small. He's too, too small. So, all right. Rich, <laughs> <laughs> got him. Really, the no. guys to talk about in here are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Wide receiver yeah. 1920 yeah. is way too low. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, both, both of those guys are – they're, they're both – fringe RB are wide receiver ones. Like, yeah, yeah. it's Draft this, this offense has one a and one a there. It, that's just what yeah. it is. Like it, these two guys are going to get a ton of targets. Cup will likely get more end zone targets and will likely get thrown the ball a little bit more downfield. Woods will get that rushing bump. So they're going to come out very similar. I have cup at 13 woods at 14. You know, this is just, they're really good. Draft them 
a half a round to a round higher than where they're going. Cooper Cup is going in like the middle to end of the fourth round in every draft. It's uh, it's insane. Mm-hmm. He's it's free money. You're you're getting free value. It's free real estate. Um, so I have yeah I have uh if you're talking there's no that's it. Yeah, if you're talking back end wide receiver one, top end wide receiver two, they are 12 and 13 for me. So there you go. Yeah. So, Mike, how do you feel about these guys? You've been relatively quiet. Yeah, I I think you guys covered it pretty well. Uh, Woods and Cup to me, I think are like 16 and 15 or 15 and 14, something that effect. Uh, They're yeah. At 19 and 20, um, I'll take it every single day of the week. So I, a lot of it, as as I explained before with Cooper Cup, is the fact that he just didn't get a lot of touchdowns last year. Still caught nearly 100 balls. He still went over like 1,100 yards. And what killed him was three touchdowns. So I don't expect that out of Cooper Cup at all this year. I right. expect, you know, at least six more touchdowns, uh, maybe five. And that'll put him up in that top 15, 14 range. Here, here's Jeff. I, since we all have them back to back. I don't know about Kev, but all three of us do. What are the the two like the the two receivers going like or, or like the five receivers going ahead of them? Like what are those so we can play the our ADP game? Our ADP game? Uh, or, do you mean our, the five receivers in ADP? Yeah, like the guys that are going right ahead of them, and we can say like oh, Cup Woods guys. or this guy. All right. Dallas. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's um oops I'm on standard that's why I was gonna say there's. <laughs> There's another guy in there. Sorry, I just I just pulled up Fantasy Pros when you asked me that, so I didn't see what it was. No, you're on. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cup and Woods. Uh, so right before him is Adam Thielen. No. Oh. I mean, Woods I like up. Thielen as a player. Like he usually goes too low, but like absolutely not ahead of either of those guys. Then Amari Cooper. I'm going both Rams over Cooper. Same. Chris I Godwin. Think... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going with Kev. both Rams over Godwin. I'm playing this too. game with just Walker apparently. Uh, Kev, what were you gonna say? <laughs> I, uh, okay, with Cooper, I did actually take him over Woods and Cup because I thought I could get Woods or Cup at my next pick. It didn't work out. But after, uh, I think Edwin Torres, no, this was, I took, uh, no, no, that was something else. I, it was FFPC today. But oh, okay. uh, with Cooper, I uh, I saw a tweet from Edwin Porras. Uh, I forgot what MD, uh, not MD. He's a doctor, a physical therapist on Twitter. Yeah. He, he mentioned Cooper is his number one worry in terms of ankle or lower body issues coming into the season, him and Antonio Gibson. And obviously he had the surgery a couple months ago to correct like an ankle issue is clean up. And then he has the plantar fasciitis he's been dealing with for two seasons. So it's that mix of both that concerns him. So I'm kind of weaning off of Cooper moving forward. I think I have enough exposure to him. So uh, Woods or Cup both over Cooper moving forward and CD Lamb. So I'd rather, I mean, assuming Amari plays, I'm not going to say he's going to be dead, but... I think I'd take Woods and Cup over any of the Cowboys wide receivers. Yeah, I'm move, I'm moving uh, Amari Cooper down right now because of that. So um, I was not aware of this procedure. I did not keep up on it. So um, yeah. Mike, uh, where was I? Thielen, uh, the Rams guys or Adam Thielen, Mike? Um, I think I have the yeah I have the Rams guys by quite a bit. In fact, okay, yeah, I don't know what I don't understand this ADP. Uh, uh, Chris Godwin or the Rams guys. Uh, I have Chris Godwin over the Rams. Okay. Um, oh my God. I buried Amari Cooper. Oops. Um, all right, guys. Um, Julio, here's the last one I'll ask. Julio Jones or the Rams guys? Rams guys. Rams guys. These guys are all going ahead of the Rams guys. Just so you guys know. Yeah. I yeah. Rams, Rams guys. guys over all of them. 
Yeah, this I is actually absurd. have those three guys in order. I have Jones above Woods um, and Cup. I I won't have Julio Jones anywhere though. Yeah, yeah. he's None. too too old, too injury, too too many injuries at this point. That's why that's honestly part of the reason why I'm so high on AJ Brown because Brown is going to get the yeah. benefit of having Julio Jones across from him, but Jones isn't going to play the whole season, so Brown's still going to get a huge target load. That's yeah. why I like Derrick Henry too. I think Jones opens up the field. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jeff. Oh, no, uh, I was just saying, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I love the Tennessee offense with Julio Jones. It's obviously going to be fantastic, but I don't want any of Julio Jones. I, I don't want the 32-year-old wide receiver, even though he's a freak of nature. He's one of the most athletic players in the NFL's history, maybe. maybe. Like, or one of the most, like, he's a generational wide receiver, the best of the last decade. But I don't want to roster him in fantasy football because I can't trust him to stay on the field. And even when he's on the field, he sometimes gets ignored because he acts as a he's kind of a decoy nowadays in certain games, not every game. Right. Yeah, he's he's very um for how good he is. He's very inconsistent production wise. So, so he, um, was, he was top 10 almost every week that he played last year. I mean, was he really? really? Yeah. He so um, I don't know about decoy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, injury concerns, definitely. But when he was on the field last year, he was putting up, you know, to starter numbers. Interesting. Okay. But, de- okay. So, all right. So let's go ahead. Uh, any of the other three guys interest you? Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, or Tutu Atwell? No. Uh, it has to be like a deep best ball for me to draft like Deshaun Jackson. Like I'd have to be desperate at wide receiver yeah. to be like, yeah. oh, I guess I take Deshaun Jackson. And then Van Jefferson's a direct corollary of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. One of them gets injured. Van Jefferson will get targets. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not playing because it's going to be Deshaun Jackson, Tutu Atwell, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and then Van Jefferson if anything were to happen. So uh, there's no point in drafting a handcuff wide receiver. Yeah, right, and, yeah. and Jeff- I would say Jefferson is the new Josh Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially when you're talking about a handcuff to the wide receiver four or five. I mean, that that's yeah, like the last last one you want to do. I mean, last fashion. Because to me, well, Woods and Cup are, are handcuffs to each other. But um, yeah, when you're talking about Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell, who's ever open, you know, is going to get the 50 yard pass. Yeah, I have no interest in uh, in uh, rostering Deshaun Jackson in a normal league. But yeah, Kevin, a best ball, you're like late. You're like, all right, I will. I'm probably buying a week right now with this Deshaun Jackson yeah. pick, but exact, but exactly one week. Wait, one week where he goes for two for seventy nine and two touchdowns. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's go and ahead. If you look on. at his history, Deshaun Jackson, that's usually the week one. After yep. that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, week one, and then he's done. <laughs> and then he dies. All right, yeah. let's go ahead. Let's talk about these tight ends. So we got Tyler Higby, tight end 13, part of the blob. And then we got a guy with no ADP, but getting a little bit of hype here, Jacob Harris, who's a rookie kind Stop of like talking about this hybrid. Guy. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, don't expect anything out of him this year. Jacob Harris. He doesn't yeah. even play the position. What are you what are you guys doing? He's a wide receiver. He's, he's a What's big wide receiver. You guys? But the Rams put him as a tight end in all their media stuff. So people are who like, cares? oh, who never but does, people who does it they, matter? Draft, they, they used yeah. more draft capital on a better player in Bryson Hopkins last year. Like if anybody's going to break out of that tight end room, it won't be Bryson Hopkins. But if somebody was going to, it'd be Hopkins, not Jacob Harris. I'm glad you guys are getting mad yeah. about this because my point was going to be don't listen to fantasy Twitter about Jacob Harris. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. Also, I mean, Tyler, Tyler I like, be bad yes. at football. 
No. Below average. He's efficient. He's not bad. He's fine. He's like Austin Hooper. Like if you want uh, the Rams Austin Hooper, you draft Tyler Higby. And that's he's gonna get touches. I I have a projection for like 87 targets. Yeah, going at tight end 13, I I'll avoid that because I can get Jonu at the same price. Yeah, I was gonna say he's going in the yeah. No, no, I'm not. I would take Jonu instead. Yeah, that's the only. Honestly, with Tyler Higby. He's fine. Like you're yeah, not gonna fine. be. Uh, he's kind of the Stafford of tight ends because like you're not. He's not gonna finish as QB one, but you're gonna get fine production, like fine weekly yeah. production. But he's not if, gonna win you any leagues. If yeah. I'm that deep, I'm going with Janu, and then if I don't get, if Janu goes early for some reason, somebody else is is hot for him, then I'm staring at those guys at that point. Then I'm just gonna like wait longer, and I'm gonna like mm-hmm. take Gerald Everett in the last round or something. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, it's. Yeah, I was going to say Tyler Higby, he's the kind of guy in the tight end blob that you don't draft. He's the type of guy that if you draft an upside guy who blows it, you go out and get it. Tyler Higby. Yeah, because somebody dropped him after he had a two for 12 week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's he's the kind of guy that it's like he's he's a consolation prize tight end inside the blob, which aren't the guys you want to draft. Those are guys you go get off the waiver wire like Logan Thomas was available to like week 11 last year and over. 30 or over 70 percent of leagues all right i'll give you guys some questions well he wasn't a quarter he was a quarterback for most of his career nobody was interested in logan thomas they were like what is he doing yeah logan thomas and i'm gonna have to do a lot of editing here i forgot to tell kev uh, we do not have an explicit sorry about (laughs) my bad i'm so sorry no it's it's okay okay. it takes me like five seconds per per bleep i just gotta write it down um but yeah it was uh nobody trusted anybody in that washington pass game last year but walker you had questions yeah, uh, I'm just going to we're, we're playing the same game over and over again, but it's OK because I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I will say Tyler Higby or Robert Tunyon. Tyler Higby. Neither. I mean, you got to pick one, though. I got to pick one. Um, is is Aaron Rodgers there? Yeah, we're operating under that assumption. Yes. Still Tyler Higby. OK. <laughs> Yep, it made me talk exactly. for no reason, which yep. I love doing anyway. So, uh, Mike, um, who are you picking? Yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's close. Um, I it's one of those things where I think Higby is going to be more consistent over the season, where Robert Tunyon is going to have bigger points in in lesser weeks. So. Yeah. Like every every third week, Tanyan is going to blow up for like a touchdown and five receptions and 150 yards. Where t- Tyler Higby on it every individual week is going to get like two for 20 and and you know 40 yards. So it's just going to be more consistent with Higby, but you're going to might Tanya might by the end of the season score more points than than Higby does. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Tunyon in best ball, Higby in regular. In regular yeah. There you go. You said? Perfect. Yep. Yeah, I would probably go with Tunyon, but I don't care for either of them. Um, I'll give you another one. I don't care for either of them. Higby or Evan Engram. Oh, Higby. Higby. Yeah. I would also go with Higby. Yeah, Evan Engram's just not there now. Yeah. Um, Tyler Higby or Cole Kmet. Oh, Tyler Higby. Who am I drafting or who am I more likely to end up with? Because that's a philosophy difference. No, just oh, who, yeah. who would you draft earlier? 
Who would I draft oh. earlier? I would I would draft Cole Komet because, like I said, Tyler Higby's a fallback guy. I would take. Where if you, I, where yeah, if, I, I have Cole Komet, Komet projected for more points than Higby. So. Yeah, yeah. It's and, really, I even, and I don't even like Komet. Like yeah. I have Komet at tight end I mean, fourteen. Yeah. It's How much are the Bears gonna pass? Like, are they gonna have a lot? The Bears throw a lot. The Bears throw a lot. With Justin Fields. I don't see them running it. I love Fields. No, I like. I fields love too. Fields, but I think they're gonna run a run heavy offense. I, they, they haven't since Nagy's been there. They haven't ever done that. Well, who have they? Well, because they kept digging they themselves into holes with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, they've had Trubisky, Foles. Uh, who else have they had there? Yeah, yeah I'm but sure those guys suck. Like it, it, Fields can throw. But that's the point. But that's the point. They've been forced to throw because they dug themselves into holes that they'd have to throw out of. Not and really, also, though, David Montgomery wasn't really always... David Montgomery before. Well, David Montgomery is still, still not very be good. good. He had he had five he had five good games against the like five of the six worst run defenses in the league at the end of the season when they had no other options other than Allen Robinson. So I'm, I'm still not sold that David Montgomery is actually a particularly good football player, but he's fine. That's that's why I have him at like RB 19 or something like that. But that's that's kind of what his ADP is, no? Is it really? Yeah, he's it's like he's, there. he's that far. I thought yeah. he was in like the 15, 16 range. Here's the problem is everybody's mm, like, yeah, I have everybody's like, I'm not as high as him on it as everybody else. I have him like 17, 18, 19. And like, that's his ADP. But everybody just like yeah, assumes it's, like, it's a lot higher than it is. Yeah. yeah. Are we talking about Montgomery like, or Kmet? I'm Mont, uh, it doesn't. Wait, how are we talking about the Bears? I've right. kept, I've kept, so I've kept track on our on our uh, NFC West preview. We've talked about the Lions, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Titans, and now the Bears. We are extremely good at podcasting, guys. Yeah. All right, we're, Walker. We're one really more on question, top. and then we'll move on to the to my boys. Tyler Higby or Irv Smith? I don't like Irv Smith Tyler Higby anymore. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, Irv Smith Higby. is weird. Higby for sure. Yeah, Irv Smith. I remember I argued with Mike and Walker at the beginning of the offseason, and now I'm like, why did I care about Irv Smith? I'm just Irv, like, Irv, yeah, Irv Smith, a small, unathletic tight end who yes. is barely a starter in an offense that doesn't throw the ball much. And when they do throw, but, he's go, and he's going tight end eleven. <laughs> but 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 he went to Bama, so right there you go. Well, there there's an argument to be made that Tyler Conklin is just as good at football as Irv Smith. I don't. I don't think Tyler Conklin is real. I, I refuse to believe. No, he's a he, well, uh, the only reason. I mean, I Central Michigan, so I know a lot oh, about Conklin. That's Shout like out. year three in like uh, your Madden franchise. It's like you take. Yeah, Tyler yeah. When you when you pick, yeah, you you pick up. Uh, you kind of just like forget that you can't just get tight ends in Madden ever, and so you just end up with three <laughs> guys who are seventy five overall. <laughs> and that is he, do, he does not have a profile picture and you're just like who the heck is tyler conklin <laughs> tyler conklin nice. is is the great white height the great white height all right so that's jack doyle that's true that is jack oh, doyle that's cool so you, you you guys seen the uh there's a movie with samuel jackson where uh called the great white hype and the fighter was um irish conklin <laughs> i did not know that I yeah. did not know that. Mike, well, Mike good, knows good reference movie. now that now that I know what it is. Mike knows every movie that's ever been made. All right, let's <laughs> go ahead. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Six and ten last year, uh, over under ten and a half wins. What? They at, yeah. Under. Well, yeah. I'm I'm a Niners fan, and I'm like ten and a half. Like it's going to be a transition year. I think they max out at ten this year. I'm 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 not bullish on them. Uh. Key additions, Trey Lance, Trey Sermon, Alex Mack, Wayne Gallman, and Elijah Mitchell. Key losses. Deep breath here. Both garbage quarterbacks. 
Kendrick Mullins, Tevin Coleman. I'm not Kendrick, Kendrick Mullins. Mullins. Kendrick Mullins. God, that's it. Tevin Coleman. Don't you dare change the, the name. AL All Star. <laughs> Jeff said Kendrick Mullins. Cedric. Cedric Mullins, uh, Brian Reynolds, no, um, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Weston Richburg, Ben Garland, and Jordan Reed. Um, most of these guys were just kind of like key parts of the offense that have been improved upon. Um, quarterback, Trey Lance and Jimmy G. I'll, I'll yeah. stop asking this question. When when, when do you guys think uh, Trey Lance starts? Kev, we'll start with you. Week four. Week four. Uh, whenever Jimmy gets hurt, so week one. No, I'm trying to. Th- I'll I'll go week seven. Oh wow, you have a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo's health, Mike. Not really. <laughs> I've been playing a third of the season. You know, it's it's one of those where I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey Lance sit out nearly an entire season. And it wouldn't surprise me also to see Trey Lance start, like Kev says, week four. Uh, it all it all depends on how healthy Garoppolo is. And I, I, I think the 49ers are going to be a very, very good team. There, There's no reason. I mean, last year they were just decimated. I mean, they had people volunteering to go on IR. That's how bad it was. Um, so it, 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 this team at full health is going to be a very dangerous team. They were a Super Bowl team a couple of years ago. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, I don't see why they put Jay Lance out there. Yeah, here's my thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. In three full seasons with the Niners, he's missed 13, 0, and 10 games. So I think we're going to see Trey Lance pretty soon. If the Niners have their druthers, they're not going to switch over. I think Mike's right in that regard, but I don't think they have a choice in the matter. If they do choose to switch over i think it will be after week four because it's it's niner seahawks is way too big of a stage for a rookie to be like all right there you go the team's biggest rival at home good luck um but niners cardinals is a softer landing for him i think um in terms of like hype for the game so what do we think of trey lance uh i think he's good yeah i mean i i I had him as my QB three, um, mm-hmm. first round pick, a top ten prospect. I mean, I, I thought he was very good. You know, he's and my comp, my my comp for him is Kaepernick. He's an outstanding runner with a cannon arm who could use some more polish. And you know, he can make every throw, but he just needs more polish and more consistency in making those throws. Um, his mechanics are good. He is a pretty solid decision maker with the ball for the most part. Um, level of competition is a concern, but he's he's good, you know, and, and while it is an adjustment, I think that, you know, I might not be as high on Kyle Shanahan as, as some others, but he does tend to call a pretty good game. And I think that he will do a good job keeping the pressure off of Lance and allowing him to do the things that he's better at. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Colin Kaepernick's pretty decent comp. I, I could I have a laundry list of, of problems with Colin Kaepernick that have a lot to do with the fact that. uh the 49ers never actually developed him, but I could I could see that as like year one Colin Kaepernick. As, there, as it's a, it's more it's it's a stylistic comp for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Lance has higher potential for sure than Kaepernick. He his his mechanics are better and he's a more natural thrower of the football. Um, the running style is very similar and that reminds me of him and uh, just just the style of play you know willing to run willing to take chances but not like still doesn't throw a ton of picks so. 
stylistically it's very similar, but I think Lance has more talent. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. all right. Anybody have anything to, uh, I, I mean, obviously in a standard league, you're not drafting either of these quarterbacks. No. Too yeah. much uncertainty. Best no ball. idea who's playing. Yeah. Best yeah. ball. Best ball. Lance is a decent yeah. shout. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. looking. It, yeah. And, it's just and, an upside play. It's like, you're just like, oh, it's QB 17. Do I want Tua Tagovailoa? Or do I want Trey Lance? Tua broke a sip two years ago. Trey Lance, you know, rookie mystery box, this and that. And I'd, I'd rather have Trey Lance than, you know, I, I, it's like the question becomes like Kirk Cousins or Trey Lance. You're just like, do I want someone who's probably going to be like QB 9 to QB 12? Or do I want someone who's going to be maybe a top five QB if all mm-hmm. things break right in this offense? That's yeah, the thing. It's... I, it depends, like where you get down to. Like I'd probably, like in best ball, I'd probably take Cousins over Lance, but like I'd probably take Lance over like Matt Ryan. He's definitely a quarterback that you yeah. only take in a league where you have to differentiate yourself from a large field. So like a yeah. like a, Scott Fishbowl, a, a or best, best ball, ball or a Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. yeah, I was just looking up uh, his ADP on Scott Fishbowl because I think that it, where do you where do you have it was where high. you have to do, yeah, it was pretty high. QB. Well, I got Fitz at QB 27, so I'm going to guess Lance went about QB 30. 20. Wow. ADP yeah. of 60. It was going early. I said. Yeah. Yeah, wow. no. I just don't I know he how... only threw. Yeah, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. Go ahead, no. Ken. Okay, okay. I'm just going to say he only threw one pick in college, but I'm going to say it's going to be a lot different in the NFL. So, you yeah, know, as yeah. much as Shanahan's going to scheme uh, scheme open plays like Debo, Ayuk, and screens and flanks and this and that, he's going to make mistakes. I think he's going to get sacked a ton, and it, it sucks because, you know, you don't want to see that happen to a rookie quarterback. But I think uh, QB 20 is egregious, especially for Scott Fishbowl, in, in Scott where Fishbowl all of these kinds of things are not smart. Yeah, it's really Yeah, not he's bad. maybe I mean, the worst quarterback, like, no, to get hurt. in something like that. Okay, yeah, obviously. Sorry, 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 sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nevertheless, someone like Trey Lance, I love. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. I just don't want to own him. I roster him, sorry, in a league like Scott Fishbowl or no. in a general league where I have to set my lineup. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is he going to fumble three times this week and throw two picks? Or is he going to go off for 140 yards on the ground and oh, 200 yeah. yards passing? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, so it's I don't want both. that. But in a best ball, but in a best ball, I want that. <laughs> But you could also get into a problem with the 49ers where Garoppolo gets benched for performance and then you get this yo-yo thing where if Trey Lance fumbles three times and, oh, look who's out there. It's Jimmy G again. And I, then, I I don't think, think Shanahan happens. would do that. that I, think Shanahan, goes I think Shanahan would. That's I, I think if Shanahan goes to Lance, he goes to Lance because I don't think he gives a shit about Jimmy Garoppolo's yeah. feelings. Come on, Walker. You yeah. know you're not supposed to cuss. Oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah no, it's right. not. It's yeah, not um, I, I did it. Yeah, I did the thing. Yeah, I, I I did the thing. The we're saying thing. the word. We're saying the word, folks. We're saying, we're saying <laughs> I, say, I said the word. Yeah, we're just, saying the just, word. Um. Oh, but not that word. What was Mike gonna say? I I cut Mike off. I feel so bad. Mike no, actually, I word. cut you off. But uh, what what uh what I was what I was saying was Trey Lance is like 18 years old too. So <laughs> you know, yeah, he's extremely I, young. I, it's it's. One of those things that not only does it come, he's just had one year at, you know, uh, North Dakota State, and then he's 18 years old. It, it, uh, these, Mike, these please, please have some respect. He got was able to get shots at the bar two months ago for the first time. <laughs> so he's, he's 18 and a half years old. And 
Is this one of those things he's where he's 19 I'm years like, old? He's 19 in two months. He went to Canada to get those shots. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to this running back situation. Raheem oh, Mostert. I, Mark- I just wanted to say some stupid thing because no, no, it's going to take five <laughs> seconds because I want to take the thing on your uh thing that that uh we're going to talk about the Jets for two seconds because oh my god, it's going to be the same the the thing that Kev said about Lance not throwing picks in college and it going to be different. That's the same thing for Zach Wilson. Okay. I Zach Wilson threw three picks last year against no competition. He's going to throw a lot of picks this year against the NFL. Zach Wilson's bad at football. He's bad. He's at not football. bad at football. I hate Zach. I don't Wilson like him because he's a weirdo. But I don't think he's bad at football. I think he's not in a good situation. I That's think his style. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, no. wait, wait. His stylistic play puts. Johnny football in his range of outcomes. That's the problem. Is yes. his style. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It That's puts the thing. It in if you look at outcomes. He's fancy Will Greer. He's fancy uh, Johnny Football. Like th- that's what he is. Look at the way he throws a football. Look at how open he is. Literally, oh. it, I ca- I was do- I did Twitter videos where I counted down one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. I counted to ten. His pocket was. F- oh, sorry. Ah, oh, God. I cussed. My God, man. His, <laughs> his <laughs> pockets. We're so big in college. Let me put Kev on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, Kev's Patreon. Only. My bad, guys. I'm so sorry. But no, a- no, like if you look at Zach Wilson and his situation in college, like you know, like how you bagged on Tree Lance for like level of competition. Obviously, Zach Wilson played at BYU. Yeah, it's, still it, it's like competition there too. It's so bad. Like if you look at the really defensive bad. lines or the like the packages that they're sending to him, they're like it's just a bunch of guys stonewalled while Zach Wilson's prancing around. He's gonna get killed I, I in like, the NFL. I, I like mm-hmm. Zach Wilson in certain ways like i like some of the things that he does but he's got a lot to learn for sure and yeah he uh yeah i mean like he was really bad against like coastal carolina which to be fair was a good college football team last year but it's still coastal carolina yeah okay let's uh also uh more like kev muswergen okay there we go all right raheem raheem mostert running back 27 63 overall trey sermon 44, 122. Uh, rest in peace, Jeff Wilson. People have not read the news, I guess. Uh, Eliza Mitchell, 68. Uh, and Eliza, Wayne Gallman, 86. I said Elijah. Did it Did it come through funny? It came through with a Z for some reason. Oh, I heard Elijah. Oh, I heard Elijah. I don't know. My audio is probably weird. Right. Uh, I, I honestly just take Wayne Gallman in the last round. I was going to ask, is Wayne Gallman the easy just like stash yeah. guy? Yeah, I did it's, 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 just he was good it's, last year. It's, yeah. it, he is good at football. He's Jamal Williams. He's yeah. exactly that guy. He's perfectly fine yeah. at everything. Yeah. Like, he's not bad at anything. Yeah. He's not really good at anything. He's just decent. And he's going to get touches in this offense. This It's he what had, happens. He yeah. had five really good weeks in, as a giant and then, the, the, like, just fell off a cliff. If you look at the eight-week that he had yeah, but as they're, a running they're, back, they're – they let Mike finish, offense, sir. They're bad. bad. <laughs> Their offense bad. True. Like, like you I think her. Jeff Wilson, he's better than Jeff Wilson, in my opinion. And Jeff Wilson was competent in this offense. So I'm going to give enough credit to Gallman that he can fit in this offense and be decent enough as like a, uh, he could give you a couple wide, uh, running back three weeks. Like, I think oh, yeah. he, I, I he's think fine. Gall- like, he's the Gallman definition of fine. Gallman is – I would rather take Gallman in the very last round than spend a, an eighth-round pick on Trey Sermon. Yeah, so let's let's tra- yeah. use that to transition into Trey Sermon. So is it too high? It sounds like he's too high. Uh, for- I don't know, man. It's 
if you want to take that chance, fine. Like if you really yeah. believe in the talent, and you want to take that chance. It's not that much draft capital, but there's just like I would rather take Gus Edwards around that range because uh, he's assuredly going to get touches, whereas Sermon might not. And we know Gus Edwards is good. We don't know if Sermon's good. I would rather take James White, who's going in that range. I'd rather take J.D. McKissick, who's going in that range. You know, guys who, like, will get cheap points. Like, just, I'd rather have a more sure thing to put on my bench. Like like Evan says with the toolbox bench, you want a guy who is going to get you points and who you can throw in your flex if you're desperate or if you have a bye week or you need to play somebody, in case, you know, in case of, like, a late injury or a scratch in practice or something like that. I want guys who are going to get me solid points. I don't want Trey Sermon, who... Sure, he could, you know, he, they, they could use him as, as the guy that week, and he could go off for, like, 15 for 90 and three touchdowns, or he could get two touches. Yeah. Yeah. So His high-end outcomes, like a J.K. Dobbins, basically, which is yeah, fine, but that's but his not, low, and, yeah, that's like and the high-end. And his this low whole offense is, is a bunch of, play. yeah, this whole offense is a bunch of high-end, uh, their high-end is J.K. Dobbins. Like, it's a Where's bunch of guys who don't, basically. Jamichael Hasty does not have who? an EP. Jamichael okay. Hasty. Also, also, I'd like to yeah. point out that Jamichael Hasty averaged like 3.3 yards a carry last year. Like he was really bad at football. He's fine. He, everybody He's loved. Bad. Everybody He's loved so him. Because, I don't. I can't believe there was a hype train on him. Everybody loved him because he like ran hard. Hilarious. But like he like Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty played exactly the same way, and Wilson was actually decent, and Hasty was terrible. Yeah. Well, so, every, yeah. that's so that's the thing about this offense is every single running back plays almost the exact same way. None of them catch exactly. passes. Mostert, Mostert's the only one who plays differently because he's explosive. Yeah, so Mostert is like yeah. the top of this. It's like Pokemon Evolution that like start with Jermichael Hasty and end yeah. with like... Yeah, he evolves into like, Raheem Mostert, yeah. Evolves into Raheem Mostert. But none the of them prob- catch the balls. And the yeah. problem is that they get less durable the better they get. <laughs> yeah, they, get they, they turn into glass cannons. Um, so Mike's done. Mike did not appreciate the uh, Raheem Mostert side. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. So this is, this is my take on... So, uh, this running back room. Kyle Shanahan will always use two running backs. Uh, Wayne, uh, Raheem Mostert is very fragile. Wayne Gallman is third yes. in line. Just get Wayne Gallman and wait. Don't worry yep. about yeah. the rest. Yep. That's that's it. Raheem yep. Mostert has an expiration date. I don't want a running back with an expiration date because the biggest battle you have every single year is your running backs getting hurt. And I don't want to start in the hole with a guy that I know is going to get hurt at some point because he always does. And if he doesn't, he's going to get replaced by Trey Sermon at some point. So I'm not particularly interested in Raheem Mostert this year. Someone who gets hurt and is 32 years old aren't aren't very good combinations that you want on your team. Yep. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm out on Mostert. I love the talent, but everything else is against him. Yeah. Yeah, Mostert, he can't stay on the field. Sermon, I actually like Sermon. I really like him as a prospect in terms of, like, just, you know, he's not an all-around running back. He can do a little bit of everything. But even mm-hmm. so, it, his ADP is ridiculous. Him, uh, okay, going back to the Jets, him and Michael Carter, like, we're putting a fourth-round pick in the top 100 now, too. It, it just doesn't make sense what's going on with both of them. There's actual good players who produce at the NFL level available around them. Just take any of them instead. The RB upside is not worth it. Just wait. I'd rather take AJ Dillon because at least we've seen him and like he's probably going to play the running back two role over Sermon or Moster even. Just uh, yeah, I I know you don't like Dillon, but he's going to play. He's going to play for he's sure. He's going to play some, and, but AJ Dillon can't catch the ball and he's yeah, not. Yeah, he watch him at Boston College. He can he can catch the ball. It just how many catches can he get? Walker, can he turn his Walker pretend he said pretend he said Naheem Hines is the same range. Pretend he said Naheem oh. Hines instead. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. well same range. Then, then, then I would then I would be delighted by it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the offense didn't throw much in general at Boston College because they were running it with AJ Dillon every other play. So yeah. that's the only reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I so. just I I'm just frustrated that a guy is going that a guy who is a backup and has had one decent NFL game is going ahead of guys like Gus Edwards who are good at football. Like yeah, this no. doesn't this, no, 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 this no. doesn't make Edward- sense. I almost said the word again. Edwards greater than Dylan. I'm not arguing that. Don't get me cool. wrong. I'm okay. just saying it's yeah. like if you like Sermon, Mostert, I'd, I'd ra- like I'd rather wait 30 picks and just take the like Edwards or Dylan, whatever. Maybe. I'd rather. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, if you're if you want to take a backup that might pop off, at least take like Pollard or something like we know he's talented and Zeke could get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are all going in yeah. the same range. They're all going yeah. between like 88 and 110. They're all going in the same like three yeah. round range. So you guys want to talk about Latavius Murray? No, no. <laughs> uh, no. All right. Uh, wide receivers. receivers. Uh, don't uh, worry about Jalen Hurd. I put him on there as a joke to myself because he will never play a game of football. That's correct. Uh, uh, I, I think yeah. the wide receiver three on this team is Richie James, by the way. I really do. But really. But he's not going to he's not going to do anything because they. He'll be the fourth or fifth option in the passing game. But I, I think Richie James is better than old Muhammad Sanu at this point. So. Oh, Muhammad Sanu was on yeah. the 49ers last year and stunk out loud. Yeah, and he's got, just... cut, got cut and then went to the Patriots. No, went to the Lions. He was on the Lions. Yeah, yeah. he's the new. So the like 49ers the last two years kept cutting, adding and cutting Jordan Matthews. And yeah. now that, that cycle is just going to be with Mo Sanu, I think. Cool. Um, yeah. but, How do you but, not have fro- former first round pick Kevin White on there? <laughs> oh, God. Is he even on the depth chart? Uh, oh, he is. Good on yeah. our lads, yeah, he's like fifth or sixth or something. Well, the 49ers did this thing last he, year. He's fifth or sixth in one of the wide receiver sections, not even overall. Yeah. yeah. He, um, the 49ers did this thing last year where they, they got really cocky with the um, um, practice squad because you could add anybody. So they just added all these, like, but you know, like depth guys that were barely still in the NFL, and now so now they're still on the 90 man, like Kevin White and Jonathan Cyprian, and just these random random guys. Yeah, Travis, these guys Ed, are straight. They, yeah, these guys are straight up butt at this point. Yeah, they're all they're gonna get cut. Uh, River Craycraft. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who? Hey, he played against the. Uh, Not really. Played at Wazoo. He played against the Packers when every single wide receiver that was worth anything on the team uh, had COVID. Yeah, that was the Richie James game. Uh, yeah, that was the Richie game, James game. Uh, so, all right, let's 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 uh, let's just talk about the guys who matter. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, wide receiver twenty six, wide receiver thirty three. Uh, uh, why? Why do you have? Why did everybody have to start taking Ayuk earlier so that I can't be in on him anymore? I I, yeah. I don't know, Kev. What because, are, what is your take on these guys? Because Walker will get to you, but I'm so Kev, upset. What are, what's your take on Ayuk and Samuel? I think uh, recency bias has taken over in terms of uh, Samuel and Ayuk in terms of draft position. Uh, obviously, uh-huh. Debo had the foot injury last year in the preseason that basically tanked him. His A dot dropped, I think, from 7.5 to 2.2. He was the <laughs> flanker. He was a gadget. That's not who he is. Debo Samuel is a really good wide receiver. Debo Samuel is good at football. He could do a little bit of everything. He could catch passes. He could be used as a running back, essentially. He had a ton of uh, rushes in 2019, and then he, he was super efficient in the playoffs, too, like when they had their playoff run to get to the, to the Super Bowl. I think people are forgetting how good Debo Samuel is. I think in a run-heavy offense with Trey Lance at the helm, Debo Samuel benefits the most, whereas Brandon Ayuk is still useful. 
but not as much. He won't get as many touches, even if he does out target him slight, even if he does out target Debo Samuel slightly. Uh, the manufactured touches that'll happen for Debo are more val- valuable than the manufactured touches that happen for Ayuk. And that's what's going to happen when Trey Lance is taking over. They're not going to have, uh, you know, I- Ayuk's a good one. I think Ayuk's a better downfield wide receiver because that's his niche. But I don't think Ayuk's a better football player than Debo Samuel. No, Debo. So, so, so do you remember about three years ago, Vance McDonald stiff armed to that guy and it get, dr- jumped him up like five rounds of ADP? I think that's what's happening sure. with Brandon Ayuk and him leaping over that eagle in that game. As everybody sees that highlight and they're like, oh, my God, Brandon Ayuk, he's so dynamic. It's like he's he's not as good as Debo Samuel all around. You are correct. No. And 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 the thing is, is people are like, oh, he had all the, this rushing production. He had seven carries last year. One of them was just for like 35 yards. Like and that was the the um the Eagles play. So it's like he's not he, I, I don't get it. And then I, I wrote an article about how the Niners build their offense around George Kittle and then they fill in around the edges. George Kittle gets like a 28 percent target share and they don't pass that much. So you're really looking at chopping up a pie very small to to try to find value for Brandon Ayuk, which is why I agree Debo Samuel's touches are more valuable because he gets more manufactured touches. But Debo Samuel has my favorite statistic. Debo Samuel had 391 receiving yards last year. He had 398 yards of yak, which tells you everything you need to know about how the 49ers used him because he had more yak than he had yard, yards. Yeah, he had negative A dog. Yeah, yeah he had a negative I just look, yeah, I just look, though, uh, if you don't mind, with the playoffs included, I'm going to tweet this out tomorrow. Debo Samuel had 20 rushes for 261 yards and three touchdowns. Dude, he was so good with the football. Yeah, He's so good. He's so good. Here's the thing, okay? I, I, Debo Samuel is a good football player. I really liked him as a prospect. I was higher on him than a lot of people. I took that as a big dub in my evaluation process. You know, I, I think Debo Samuel is very talented. I don't care for the way that they use him in fantasy. I don't like I, I don't like players who are in that gadgety type role who don't get a lot of targets. You know, if you're Robert Woods and you get 25 carries a year, then that's fine because you also get 130 targets. But like Debo's not that's not what Debo is. I just did the the gay thing with my hand. Um, I. <laughs> Folks, but, he can say uh, it. He can say it. It's okay. I can. <laughs> he can, he uh, can say the word. <laughs> gay. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just beep that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So um, yes. Yeah, so Debo. I like I, I like Debo as a player. I I the usage for fantasy is not ideal, and. I disagree. I think Brandon Ayuk's a better football player. I, I, I like them both as football players, but I Ayuk is a better route runner. He has better hands. He is in better shape. He he and he's he's also electric after the catch. You know, I I I think he is the number one receiver on this team. It's just that. Now that he's, you know, earlier in the offseason, he was going later so I could get him. Now he's going in the mid, like, almost a wide receiver two range. And unfortunately, the volume just isn't there. Like, I really, really want to be in on Brandon Ayuk because I think he's better than most people think he is. But at that price, I just can't do it. So 
I pers- and I personally don't trust Debo to stay healthy enough or to get enough actual targets to produce value at a wide receiver three price either. So I'm just out on both of them. Uh, If you want to, sorry, let me just counter that. Not counter. I'm going to agree with you. If there's an argument to make against Debo, I I can't agree with the talent between him and Ayuk because I just think Debo is just so much more versatile. But when it comes down to, if you want to be out on Ayuk and uh, out on Debo and in on Ayuk, just say the health, uh, the history of health issues that Debo's had. Because he's been, he's been fairly fragile since South Carolina. And that's valid. I think that's valid. I just, you know, I hate the injury prone is a lie thing, but yeah. I, I trust him, especially at that draft price and how they'd use him. So, yeah, yeah I, Debo, I'd Debo rather take Samuel, the other Samuel yeah. there. Curtis. Yeah. Um, uh, Debo Samuel, like it's a play style thing. Like it's it's yeah. it's it's he he plays in a way that's going to get him hurt. Like um, I'm completely blanking on who is the guy between Marshawn Lynch and Chris Carson on the on the Seahawks. Penny? Uh, Rashad Penny? Uh, uh, Alex Collins. No, oh, there was another guy. Um, close, closer to Marshawn Lynch than Chris. Hold on. Um, but it was like he played in Christine a way. Christine Michael? I think it was Christine Tom, Michael. Thomas Rawls. Where, Thomas Rawls. Oh, Rawls. Yeah, Rawls. Yes. Where he played in a way where you're like, this guy's going to get hurt. And it's like. And then he did. It, yeah. And then he did. And that's that's what it is with Debo Samuel. It's, it's, it's um, you know, uh, injury. Injury prone isn't a thing, but play styles that lend their way, lend, uh, lend people to get hurt in certain ways. And Debo Samuel has one of those play styles. So, yeah. Um, George Kittle. Um, good. I, good at football. Second tier tight end behind Travis Kelsey. Anybody yeah. have anything put, different? Put, put in two or three. I don't care. Whichever <laughs> one. That's cool. It, so, it, speaking of George Kittle, this is how I look at it. It was just talking a little bit about Ayuk and Samuel. If if you if you believe Kittle is going to be healthy, then you want Ayuk. If you believe Kittle is going to be missing time, then you want Debo Samuel. Because why? Okay, so with Kittle, Ayuk is going to be sort of that gadget guy that's going to do all those jet sweeps and inner runs and doing what what Ayuk. Uh, demonstrates on the field what, what they liked him to do getting the ball in his hands and those kind of things if Kittle is out they're going to need a receiver to target the receiver to target is Debo Samuel see I see it the complete opposite yeah I mean Ayuk was Ayuk was I mean in terms of PPR points per game from weeks 8 to 16 last year he was wide receiver three overall with yeah. terrible quarterback play yeah because Kittle was out and they threw to him all the time. He and he was extremely successful. That's why I believe in the talent is because he was the only guy to focus on with really bad quarterback play and he still produced. So I please I, don't besmirch Nick Mullins. People told me that he is a starting caliber quarterback. He just needs a chance. Mick I'm not Nolans. even referring to you, Mike. Yeah, Mick Nolans is bad. Um, but yeah, it's whatever. I. Anyway, yeah, that's. I never said Nick Mullins was a starting quarterback. I just said he was better than Jimmy Garoppolo. eh, We are not rehashing arguments from 2019. (laughs) We're just not going to do it. Yeah, regardless, uh, yeah, Kittle is really good. Take him, yeah, like back into the second round, top of the third round is really good spot for him. Um, yeah, and if you if you want to put him ahead of Waller, that's fine. I personally have Waller slightly ahead because I think he gets more targets, but that's the only reason. Yeah. If you're yeah, if you're worried I, uh, about 
I was going to say, ahead. if you're worried about what the 49ers offense might look like, take Waller. If you're not, take Kittle. Like, it's it's as yeah. simple as that. Basically, whichever guy you want. Yep. So we're gonna say Kittle, good at fo- Kittle good at football. I think that's it. And yeah. he's yeah, going to get – he's wide receiver one. He's their wide receiver one. That's all you need. So yep. I think he's better than Waller. So I'd rather – you know, my philosophy is take the better player and let the chips fall where they may. I don't know it's if hard he's a better receiver target. than Waller is the thing. He's a better I, He's more efficient. Waller. He, he career or last two years, 9.9 yards per target. Waller, 8.9. So less touchdowns, I, he, though. Kittle doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Touchdowns have more to do with the offense and the quarterback than they do with the players sometimes. So I, I, I give the lean. If he gets Lance, he's going to score more touchdowns than he did with Mullins and That's Method. Fair. And so Take the talent's there. Like, and then Kittle in the third and in your covers. Oh, oh, spicy. Guy. Bully tight end. I would this, not, but. This guy loves loves taking two tight ends. See, um, that's what you do. You go one. You get the one hundred one, and then you go McCaffrey, Kittle, Waller at the turn, and then there you go. <laughs> prosper. Good God. Um. So yeah, good at football. I don't think there's any anything else to belabor. Um. He's frequently hurt, but he usually plays through it. Last year was kind of yeah anomalous, but um. Yeah, he he will get probably. I mean, he's he's as good a bet as anybody to lead the tight end at targets. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's what you want. So, all right, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, in what is going to be a long boy podcast. Um, Seahawks were twelve and four last year. See, this is where it gets weird. Their over under is nine and a half. I don't. I think I, that's the right call. With I, I I'm, I'm vacillating between nine and eight and ten and seven for their projections. So. There you go. All right. Gerald yeah. Everett was an addition, as was Dwayne Eskridge, which was a terrible pick in the draft. Oh, uh, losses, so David Moore, David Moore, Carlos Hyde, Jacob Hollister, and Philip Dorsett. Uh, most of those guys are also bad, but we need mm-hmm. to talk about how the landscape changed. Uh, Eskridge, I don't think they wanted to take in the second round, but they only had like three picks. And the sec- and the other ones were like round, what, like five, five and six? Five and seven or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, they, they clearly decided, well, we like this guy and we don't have any way to get him unless we use this pick on him. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, Russell Wilson, quarterback six off the board, 59 overall. That's um, where he should be going. <laughs> I mean, that's he's, he's every year he's quarter, somewhere between quarterback six and nine. It feels like it's, it's a metro. Nice. 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 Anybody have anything like to add about Russell Wilson? He's been in the league a decade. We know who he is at I this mean, point. He'll, he yeah. should have a very good season. I mean, he, he's obviously one of the, I would say, pretty obviously one of the three or four best quarterbacks in football. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very consistent. He still runs, you know, the, the doom saying over, Oh, he's not going to run as much anymore. A couple years ago, that didn't prove to be the case. Um, you know, it, and the offense looks basically the same. The offensive line still not going to be very good. Um, he still has a very, whatever tight end. He's still got a really good underrated running back in Chris Carson. He's still got the same top two receivers. DK is a monster. Lockett is perennially really solid. So, and then they have no depth. And this is just what the offense has been forever. So, Wilson will continue to be what he always is, which is a right in the mid-tier QB1. And you take him at QB6 or 7, then you're going to get that. Yeah, I mean, I mean... That's what it is. Mike, do you have anything to add about him? I mean, he's he's fairly straightforward. Yeah, he's just one of those guys, you know, is going to be a QB six or seven. So draft accordingly. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the league for nine years and his floor has been quarterback 11. So you take him, you're guaranteed Mm -hmm. a quarterback one. He hasn't missed a single game. And I'm saying all these things specifically so that I can curse him. And so me and me and Kev. And wasn't that quarterback 11 season? 
Sorry, wasn't that quarterback 11 season when he had the knee race or whatever? Well, he had two quarterback 11 seasons, one in 18 and one in 16. But yeah, he was banged up in one of those years. I, re- I seem to remember. Yeah. I, I have this memory he, of him. He couldn't rush. Yeah, yeah him limping one, all over the field. The one the one year was the no running year. And the other year was the year that Seattle ran the ball like 53% of the time inexplicably. Oh, yeah. That was the year where Seattle was, yeah, 32nd in the league in in um in rushing. Because I did my or in passing because I did my uh, yeah for, for the Ravens thing. And I was like, oh, why did they go up so high? And I was like, oh, they had a DK Metcalf. That's why. Never mind. That that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So um, and so Doug yeah. Ball was like falling off too. That was like a weird year. Yeah. Yeah. They were really in transition. It was like Tyler Lockett was pretty good, but he's not a number one. And then like their second best receiver was the. Yeah. The, the, Probably I have no David idea. Moore. Ricardo. Uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Curse, I think. David Moore. Still there at that oh. Oh no! They brought in Brandon Marshall that year. That was a weird year. Oh, oh Jesus! God, yeah. They did do that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that. Yeah, that was the um is the so, Seahawks run over year. That's right. And then they went. Nope. We still have Russell Wilson. We're still going. Yeah, they still went ten and six. Yeah. God, this team, this 2018 team, uh, Mike Davis and uh, JD McKissick. Nice. Kings. JD McKissick actually good at football. When he can, when he's yeah. not hurt, which is what his problem was in Seattle. So, all right, running backs. I do not, I do not care about Rashad Penny or DJ Dallas. This is a Chris Carson show. Running back 20, 36 Correct. overall. That is way too, too low. Opinion. He's not sexy, so he's getting bumped back. Yeah, he's a fringe RB1, just like he is every year. I mean, dude gets a yeah. ton of carries. Dude gets a reasonable amount of targets. You know, he's going to catch two and a half balls a game, so he's going to have 40 catches, which is solid enough. He's going to get... 217 games he's going to get probably 260 carries um he's pretty efficient he'll run for you know 1150 yards close to 10 touchdowns you know it he's he isn't really hurt that often you know he'll get dinged here or there but he misses like a week or two or he just plays through it i mean he's just been he's been the epitome of consistency for the last three seasons i it's just there's always a flashier guy that people want to take ahead of him. But like, you know, I'll take Chris Carson over Antonio Gibson. I'll, I'll take Chris Carson over yeah. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, over JK Dobbins, over David Montgomery. You know, I, he's just really solid. You know, I, I have him RB 12. I think, I think he's, he's a right at that fringe RB one range and you're, you can get him in mid RB two range. And if he's your RB two, then you are a good team. Yeah. The, he's the new version of Frank Gore. Where he would finish oh. top fifteen every year and was going top twenty. Yeah. Where you just pocket that value. Yeah, that's not a bad comp. Yeah. Yeah. Where you just I don't hate it. I, it. Production wise, production wise, it's that's, not a bad comp. But in terms that's of what I mean, yeah. okay, Walker, you mentioned he's not hurt often. He had the ankle issue that he went on IR for last year, and he fractured his leg in like his rookie year. And I think he's one of those guys, like you mentioned, like Jeff mentioned with Debo Samuel, where it's like that violent style is going to attribute itself yep. to injuries. So if we look at Chris Carson, I wouldn't label him injury prone, but I'd label him more likely to get hurt than another running back of his ilk or whatever, because he's had those injuries before and he plays very, very tough. And that's great. I think he's going to produce. I, I think when he's on the field, he's going to be very productive. I'm not afraid of anybody taking his job. I, I liked Rashad Penny before that recent knee issue popped up again, whatever fifth one it was. But yeah, when it comes to Chris Carson, I think he's priced appropriately with the risk baked with the risk baked in. If you could get a mid round three, that's a smash. I do that all day. 
but I'm not going to reach for him. Like RB 12, RB 11 productions in the, like that's in the range of outcomes if he stays healthy and he's going to produce, I think he'll be a very consistent weekly producer. He's the kind of guy you want in your lineup every week. You'll never have to think about it because if his rushing is not good, his receiving is going to be good. The way Russell Wilson targets him in the red zone too. Like, I think the only issue is, can he stay healthy? And that's a legitimate question to ask after the issues that he's had throughout the past few years. So here's the thing that I, here's the thing I would say. Um, no, nobody's excited about Chris Carson. Everyone's excited about Joe Mixon. Both players have a history of not playing full seasons. Chris Carson has been a better football player during his career than Joe Mixon has been. Chris Carson plays on a better football team with a better quarterback. Both teams have bad offensive lines. And yet Joe Mixon is, and neither player has competition. So everything says Carson should be going ahead, but yet Mixon's going way ahead of Carson. That doesn't make sense. That's because yeah. Mixon was a first-round draft Passing choice, and, and Carson was was seventh. Carson round. Carson was a seventh rounder. Mixon was a second rounder. But that's know, we're what five years still, away from that. Fair. Carson's got a big contract now, just like Mixon does. It, it's so. still the it still follows. It's still yeah. A, it, it's it's always it going to be yeah. It, it's always going to follow that situation. Yeah, if a guy, if a running back gets drafted late, like it has to be like Arian Foster for people to shake the like, oh, he got drafted late, he's not yeah. good. Right. You know. Arian Foster wasn't even drafted, right? He was under. No, yeah, he wasn't. CFA. Yeah, he was he, just so good immediately that everybody was like, oh well, he's just good. Yeah, and and yeah. um, uh, and, and, like here, yeah, that's a the Chris Carson Joe Mixon thing is interesting because my biggest like detraction on Joe Mixon, and it's a hairline thing, but is that, yeah, he doesn't stay healthy. He hasn't really, he's put it together like 95% of the way. And, but if I was getting Joe Mixon where I was getting Chris Carson, I would smash that pick like every single well, time. Yeah, but the, but you're not. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's, it's a, it's a good, like, they should probably be considered close together. Yeah. They, um, they should, yeah. Carson should be one ADP With, ahead of Mixon. Yeah. They, and, and, uh, well, look at Mixon, though. It's 14 games, 14 games, 16 games. And then he had the sorry. He had the uh, issue last year where Burrow got hurt. Yeah, my mic got well, funked up. My wonky um, where Mixon missed like 10 games because of the foot issue. He was supposed to get uh, back off IR, but Burrow tore his ACL. And they're like, there's no point in bringing Mixon back. So yeah. it's like he's played. He's had issues. He had the meniscus injury. He had not injury, but he had a correction done midseason. He still played 14 games. So Mixon at least plays through these things. And last year's kind of an outlier. And then two years ago, if you look at his production, he had Ryan Finley at quarterback. So, you know, you compare their situations. Now he has Burrow coming off his ACL and MCL. They're going to throw it to Mixon more. They're going to feed Mixon more with Gio Bernard gone. So if you're just projecting volume, especially targets, I'd say Mixon probably doubles Carson in targets this year. I, I completely disagree. Who's going to take Who's going to take those targets? Chris Evans? I like Chris Evans. I don't think Chris Evans. Jamar I don't think Chase Trayvon Williams. Is oh, my God. He's Joe Burrow's not going to be able to get out of the pocket long enough to pass it to Jamar Chase. He's going to dump it down to Mixon. No, he's not. No, dude, he tore his ACL and MCL. 30. Come on, he's gonna be terrified. Yeah. That offensive line is still terrible. Also, also, Mixon has no track record of getting a big target share in the passing game. It, that he's never done it. And in college, Zach, Taylor, Zach oh my god, who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> why? Why oh did you bring a Mixon truther on the podcast? 
uh, to make you mad. This is, for, this is for all the times you're like, hey, Jeff, you wrote Kyle Murray in the, in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, okay, 55 targets in 14 games in 2018, and that's with Gio Bernard healthy. And Gio Bernard, he, Gio Bernard is good. I think we can all agree Gio what, Bernard is good, what, right? What year was that? 2018. Okay, so that was before Zach Taylor came around. Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. They don't throw to running backs. 87 targets and 81 targets to Gurley, and that's without 16 games. Look, like we're kind of picking nits here. Yeah, we're like we have nits. a guy. We're picking nits. If we're let's talking be, about running backs, we're here. targeted. Let's well, be clear. We said Chris Carson last year before he went down, and then we started arguing about Joe. I don't even know. Yeah, Mixon, how many targets last year? 26 and six games. That's not bad, and that's with Gio Bernard healthy. So, right. Who's gonna take those targets out of the backfield? No one. They don't have a tight end. Like this is crazy that people don't like mixing. If you don't like that, he can't stay healthy. I guess, but no, I'm not as worried about not, that foot it's issue not crazy as some that people don't like Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon's never been very good at football. People, people are people want Joe Mixon to be good, good so bad that they've convinced themselves that he's good. He's not I, good. I, he's I, just I there. He's not good at football. I think he's had a lot of he's, uh, problems he, he with is, the offensive line, and he hasn't been able to. Does anybody be think Gio Bernard is good at football? Gio Bernard has produced has, very yes. He's a very good receiving very, back. Yeah. Bernard has produced very similarly to Mixon when he's gotten the same share. Samaje Pirine produced they're both very good similarly at to Mixon. Pirine's not good. Come on, Samaje Pirine's not good. Pirine's not good. No, no, no. Pirine's not good. You think he produced he produced basically the same as Mixon did running. Like, come on, it. Joe 60, with fine. 63 rushes, I wouldn't Joe say Mixon's, I wouldn't say Joe anything in 63 rushes is similar. See, Joe this Mixon right is good here, at football. I, Joe Mixon I cannot, and Miles Gaskin are the Joe same is, talent is level. Good at football. It's just Mixon just, has no. a big Yes. This right here is why when no. I did my thing, the most average running back in football, and it came out to be Joe Mixon, I just deleted the whole thing, and I was like, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, because yeah, you would get screamed <laughs> at for Mixon, like eight okay. days. Yeah, yeah. Last and it was, thing, Kev, back to back seasons of fourteen hundred. Oh my god. I mean, I, I, I won't put. Kev, I'm not. Kev, I won't put I, it on this, was all, this was all I'm, I did, Kev. Okay. This was all I, I did. I'm, I'm Hold on, to... Walker. Stop. I have to defend. Uh, this was all I did. Was I took average yards per carry, yards per catch, and catch rate, and went. 10% higher, 10% lower, and I just deleted guys, and it was a list of, like, five guys, and Joe Mixon was on it, and I'm like, I'm not going to put this out there because I'm just going to get yelled at. Like, it was completely agnostic, and yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> He's fine. He's perfectly He's fine. fine. He's I just I just don't understand the love fest of why everybody's got to project him to be an RB1 every year, even though he just doesn't do that. He's, like he's been he's been, been RB10 one time. It's the running back. 2018. What happened to, to Amari Cooper? RB10. Every... Yeah, he was RB10 that year. RB10. But that was the one but time. that's an RB1. an RB1. Yeah, that's why I said it's, he's done it one but time. But his ADP is RB12. Don't take him there. He's because it... he has RB1. Come on. How does... Hey, Luna, stop. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay. But if we're looking at Joe Mixon, back-to-back seasons, 1,400 plus scrimmage yards, nine touchdowns eight touchdowns that's in the Bengals. that's at a Bengals offense with ryan finley at quarterback come on like you don't think ryan they're going to be better with burrow the whole year. you're not you don't think they're going to be better with jamar chase this offense as a whole is going to be better i think we can all agree on that right yes i agree and if the offense is better the running it i mean if the passing attack is better the running attack will improve as well it's like a rising tide lifts all boats no i will what i will say is if everything goes right for joe mixon yeah he'll be an rb1 I just don't see a scenario where everything goes right for him because 
That's just not what's happened. He gets hype like this every single year, and every single year he doesn't end up living up to all the hype. Why would I continue to believe in the guy who every year everybody's like, well, this is the year Joe Mixon's going to be a solid RB1, and then he's at best a fringe guy? Like it. It's okay to be a 10 to 15 guy, which is what know, Joe Mixon yeah. is. That's, that's what it. he is, and that's yeah, what he's no, been. Here's the problem. Is Regardless, Joe I won't Mixon have him makes on my every, any, but anyways, that's the Seattle Seahawks running back room. Yeah, I won't I won't have him <laughs> on my team because he uh, a, punched out a woman in college, so I'm not going to. Okay, that's fine. You know what? If that's your reasoning, I'm totally fine with that. If you don't like the person, I'm I'm not going to contest and that that's whatsoever. not affecting my fantasy analysis of him. I, I've never thought he was that good of a football player, okay, and I God, certainly could be. I'm not, I could be wrong. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not always I'm right. Saying, yeah. So, <laughs> his profile is very good though if you look at his athletic true. profile that's true that's very good i think we can all agree he's very athletic and he's not a bad pass catcher the offense has just time. hasn't allowed him to produce at the level you'd you'd ideally want yeah, yeah. no i i'm not i i'm just projecting him on projection but yeah regardless for me personally i'll never draft him so. the, the, the okay the, that's fine the range between nope. the people who like Joe Mixon and who don't like Joe Mixon is usually like five running back spots. It's like not that big of a deal. It's just yeah, that the, it's just that it's always I've I've gotten so yeah gotten, Mike yeah yeah I I just get mad over and over again because the people Sorry. and this isn't Kev it's I haven't known Kev that long anyway but no, um, every year every year you've just got a bunch of people who are like who who if you say anything negative about Joe Mixon they'll just like freak out and go it's and fantasy. like let's it's time for some game theory fantasy footbub i'll say it the guy with Joe Mixon has Oh my king <laughs> i know him wait can we hear from mike can we please hear from mike on this because mike yeah. has not said a word can, in like weeks because we've been talking about Seattle Joe Mixon backs. i'm just yeah, trying to take get to talk about DK Metcalf all right <laughs> talk about Joe Mixon and then please talk about DK Metcalf Oh, I should have taken an edible before this. <laughs> My fault. Rashad Penny. I'd have been more chill. All right, all right. Let's let's talk about the wide receivers. DK Metcalf, wide receiver five, 18 overall. Because we are still talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Tyler Lockett, wide it's receiver. Not even a real bird. It's not even. A, it's an osprey. Call him the Seattle Ospreys. Uh, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 21, 55 overall. Dwayne Eskridge, waste of a pick. Wide receiver 96 Don't do to it. go to. Don't do it. Um, Mike. Metcalf at five or Lockett at 21. Which one do you prefer at their price? Oh, wow. Um, well, see. You knew this. You knew this. Talking about these guys was coming. I, I didn't look at their ADPs, and I don't like either one of them. Uh, Kevin Walker just spent 45 minutes talking about Joe Mixon. <laughs> it wasn't 45 minutes. It was 35. Okay, so let's put it this way. I think Tyler Lockett is going to disappear in this offense, and it's going to be a DK Metcalf show. What? Why? Why would, why would Tyler Lockett How? disappear? That doesn't, doesn't make any make sense. sense. There's why no would, evidence for that. Disappear? He's he's a long-distance guy that catches a lot of touchdowns. You take away the touchdowns, and what do you have with Tyler Lockett? His but you have to look at it. They're going to guard DK Metcalf. It's the Julio Jones conundrum. Why doesn't he score touchdowns? Because they're triple teaming him. The other guy's open. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Lockett is the Calvin Ridley who gets the 10 touchdowns because the the Julio DK is getting shadowed all the time. It, so Lock, who's, Lockett getting at 20, the target, who's getting the targets if it's not Tyler Lockett, Mike? No one. 
DK Metcalf is getting like 300 targets? He's going to get 353. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. He, Tyler Lockett out-targeted him last year. Yeah. 132 to 129. Now I, now, I don't expect that to happen again, to be fair. But I I think no, Lockett but at like, 21. Close enough. I think Lockett at 21 is a perfectly fine value. Like, I, I think I have him 18 or 19. So, um, and then I have Metcalf four or five. I don't know. Something like that. So, I don't know. I think they're both going right around where they should. Uh, Lockett tends to fall sometimes. Like, Metcalf won't ever fall. Lockett tends to occasionally. It's like and sometimes if you in look drafts. at Lockett's games last year, uh, the majority of his points came in like three, three contests. Games. That's well, true. Yeah, because in one of those games he had what two hundred yards and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, yeah. But he <laughs> right. was so amazing. Ma- yeah, but, but I'm saying like, that you can't. That's you shouldn't hold good games against from. a player. Yeah, it, it's not a consistent value. He he exploded in three games, and then the year before that, he also fell off a cliff uh, during a long stretch of time. So, so, so Tyler Lockett why? is Tyler Lockett's Will Fuller. In, is in 2019, Fuller. Mike, he was in the hospital with cart, uh, compartment yeah. syndrome. And then yeah, he fell off de- after that. Yeah, they leg. Yeah, his leg. He like, had to take blood back. out of his leg. He, he almost lost back. his leg. He still didn't perform yeah. very well. Yeah, because but why? Because they almost amputated his leg. Well, he okay. So he against the, what week was that against the 49ers? That was like week, that was like mid that was mid season, and then yeah, it's like, like a stark nine, contrast. Right? It's a stark contrast. You can see produced his leg almost fell off, and then he wasn't as good. Yeah, it was 85 yards year, per game, then 41. All of a sudden, he's fine. Yeah, it's so yeah. It's, it's like it's it, oh, you can look at Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman had compartment syndrome. He came back and was fine. Yeah, because so, he wasn't Pittman, even that good. Because Michael Pittman was bad, came back and was still bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like he produced probably Lockett produced more than Pittman did. Pitt, uh, Lockett was just bad relative to Lockett. Pittman was just bad relative to Pittman. Relative so it's like, what, what do you average, want here? Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Pitt, I, yeah. I'm looking after, okay, you're you're talking about um, ability to play. So if Pittman can play like Pittman after a compartment syndrome issue. Why can't Lockett perform like Lockett after a compartment? Their games are different. Because they're both playing below baseline. Lockett didn't miss a game. Pittman missed three. Yeah, Lockett Lockett just tried to get through it. Three games later. Pittman averaged 43 yards per game, and Lockett averaged 41 after the compartment syndrome. I don't know what point you're making here. My point is that (laughs) if if you say Michael Pittman was bad at football, had compartment syndrome— came back and played like Michael Pittman, then Tyler Lockett coming back three weeks later should be able to play like Tyler Lockett. Lockett didn't miss any games. Yeah, he tried to play. He didn't get time to recover. They missed games. Talking about three weeks later, three or four weeks later, same amount of time Michael Pittman. If one player but he played, was on the field. He was putting pressure on his leg over and over and over again in those three games in practice. I, I can't. Is, this, this isn't a one-to-one scenario. It's not this an isn't similar whatsoever. Right. It's not abstract. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, uh, 44 yards per game because I counted the game where he got hurt. <laughs> ah. Anyways, this was this was fun. So Tyler, Lock- each other. so Tyler Lockett, because he got hurt and he he played, that means he couldn't play like Tyler Lockett ever for the rest of the season. Yes. That's how. Yeah. That's how it works. works. Yeah. Okay, so why why doesn't he take the time off if he needs to take the time the off? Because the team is run. stupid. Yeah, yeah the team because the, Seattle's a really so dumb it's, team. So it's the team that this is the I, team that yes. Jordan Peterson. 
Like they're not. That bad. was their bye week too. Yeah. They brought. Yeah, they yeah this Thursday team did bring in Jordan bye. Peterson. Yeah, I mean this team is stupid. Like like everything yeah. about this team is very dumb. Russ but it's, will, it works. Yeah, it's it's Russ okay. saves the team from itself. I went to okay, so like, let me reiterate. Let me reiterate. I went to USC. I like Michael Pittman. I like the guy. I think he's really good. I love Pete Carroll. I love the guy. He brought me two national championships. I think Pete Carroll's stupid. I don't think Michael Pittman's as good as Ty- I mean, I mean, I don't think he's that good anyway. It's just like, come on, I like I, I should be biased Michael here. Pittman was as good as Tyler Lockett. I'm saying no, that no, 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 no. Sorry, Mike, just Michael good. Pittman played like Michael Pittman, but okay, let's just scratch 2019 and say okay, Tyler Lockett played on a bad leg, whatever. He couldn't come back after eight weeks and just just was was no good because he was playing on a on a hurt ankle. Um, and then then you got 2020. He plays three games that are really good, and that's like 70 percent of his points. So what I mean, we're we're still saying he's good. Well, what happened after the 13 weeks? What, what's going on? What was his injury during those 13 weeks? Mike, you're talking I mean, about he just was boomer bust. I mean, after after his 200 yard game, he still was on pace for 820 yards and five touchdowns like and on 88 catches like he still produced. It's not like he fell off a cliff. He was catching a lot of footballs. The yards weren't necessarily there, but he was catching a lot of footballs like I, 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 I don't get what you're trying to say. My, 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 what honest. I'm getting to try to say is the majority of his points, his fantasy points came in three weeks. Mike, if I average 15 fantasy points per week, and I have, I'm not saying that this is what Tyler Lockett does, but if I average 15 fantasy points per week, and I have three weeks where I average, where I get like 60 points in each of those weeks, then I'm really good. But then the majority of my fantasy points came in those three weeks. Like it's 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 a it's a circular, it's a circular theory. Like no, his, it's be, not. His, you're looking his, for consistency. I want my players to be consistent. And not Tyler your Lockett wide receiver is not three. Consistent. Your yeah, wide no. receiver, th- not your wide receiver three. If you, get, yeah. if you get two high-end wide receivers... I mean, think about their pricing. I was going as a wide receiver, too. What do you mean, my wide receiver three? What? No, he's... Take him, Mike, you can take him as early, early wide receiver, receiver three. You can take him there. I got he's him as, like, my... Kind of lucky. I, I'm looking at his ADP as a wide receiver 21. Yeah, and I got him at 25 yesterday. Or okay. day before yesterday. If you look at their point-per-game scoring last year, I know he had the boom-bust weeks. Last year's DK Metcalf, 17 per game. This is PPR. Tyler Lockett, 16.6 per game. They were two wide receiver spots off, and their ADP is four rounds. There's a four-round differential. Make it make sense. I think DK Metcalf's boom-bust as well. Look at his weeks. He wasn't as bad as Lockett, but his floor is pretty low, too. If you look at it, it's like, look at his game-to-game schedule. He had boom-bust weeks as well. This offense as a whole is boom-bust. That's okay, just how it works. So One or the other goes off. Here mm-hmm. he played six. Look games. at those. He, he had he had, thought, he had he had Tyler Lockett. It's going to be the majority. It's going to be DK Metcalf. And why I'm saying Tyler Lockett is going to fall off even more. And they're going to throw a lot less as well. They're going to be rushed. They, they're not going to throw like they did last year. Um, they're going to go back to the offense that they had previously, which is a lot of running the football. So don't you want the cheaper guy? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not talking about the. No, he said, he, said he didn't want either of them earlier. So. Oh, okay, that's fine. If you don't want either, that's fine, I guess. But like, if you had to take one, I want the cheaper guy who averaged point well, four less points per game the year before. Here, yeah, here. no, that that of course that that's what you want. But okay, I mean, you, you want to get the mess, most value you can. You're not going to get a whole lot of value out of D, at anybody at anybody at that fifth. You know fifth through first position they should perform at that so the return on value isn't there because 
there's no room to return a value. But if you're looking at anything after, you know, 15 to 20 and along, then that's where your return on value comes from. So Lockett, if you removed the three really good games, which, okay, then he would have had 60 for 664 and four touchdowns in 13 games, which, again, you shouldn't hold good games against players because but even even at that, you know, at that rate, then he's looking at for the season, I mean, he's getting five catches a game. So he's looking at 80 for 906. I mean, that's 206 fantasy points PPR. That's uh, like low end wide receiver two, which is where he's going. So if Tyler Lockett plays like not great Tyler Lockett all season, like he's still not even that bad at his price. Yeah. Look at, look at 2018 less than what he was last year. So, so you, so you think, you think that if you re, you think that if you remove his good games and only keep his okay and bad games, that even that is better than what he'll be this year. Uh, why, why am I removing his bad games? I don't, I mean, his good games. That's what you, that's what you, <laughs> why did, are we removing Mike? his good games? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying any, I, That's not what I said at all. I I said that his performance, his season came down to three games. And to put, you know, a wide receiver two when when your only value is on three games, you're asking a whole heck of a lot on a player that you're taking as your wide receiver two. So Would you take Will Fuller as a wide receiver two if he was guaranteed to play 16 games like Lockett always plays 16 games? Absolutely. Because Will Fuller is more consistent than Tyler Lockett is. Is he? Look at the He's consistent shot. at not seeing the field because he doesn't play. Well, he, the question was... He was he consistent with his games. PED schedule. Yeah. The one year he stays healthy, he had to... Oh, sorry. He had to take... God bless to it! Stay healthy. Gosh darn it. My bad. But no, look at Lockett. All right, guys, guys, I'm going to be honest. We really have to move on because I can only record for three hours and we're coming up on that. Okay. <laughs> My bad. No, My it's bad. okay. It's a great okay. episode, but... We, we got to move on. So DK Metcalf, top five guy this year. Uh, does he have a chance? I'm not him? drafting him. I, no, I, I probably won't draft him, even though I do think that there's a really good chance he finishes the top five guy. But there's also a good chance he doesn't. And I don't know. I, I think there's other guys I trust a little bit more in that range. Yeah, I yeah, have him as my cool. 10. Like, I lo- he was I cool as a fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love DK. But like. Yeah, he's going in like the late first sometimes. I'm not gonna take him. Wow. Like I'll, I'll take. Yeah. I'll like I'll I'll take Stephon Diggs or AJ Brown mm-hmm. or DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. You can Tyree wait. Hill. You can wait a whole round and take Michael Thomas. I mean. Yes. It, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, Keenan okay. Allen. You could take yeah. a round later. I, right. I'm not taking you, DK you Metcalf. Wait, I love you DK. Can, you can wait two and a half rounds and take CD Lamb, Terry McLaurin, or or Cooper Cup, who will finish like. 20 points behind Metcalf, maybe. No, they'll, they might score more than him, honestly. They if might. Mike, Mike says they might pass less. If they pass less, that's bad for DK. That's bad for everyone. Yeah. Uh, if I mean, you look it, at it, yeah. it's brutal right now. Like, all these guys, I don't understand his ADP. It, it's inflated by what people think DK Metcalf is. He's very good. No one's denying that. No, he had so the neck good. injury in college that really worried me. He's one of those guys, it's like, 
too big to not fail. I don't know if that's right. Like Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, if you look at them, they're massive. You're like, these guys are bulletproof. Then you're like, oh, he injured his calf. He injured his hamstring. They, He's out yeah, for the look, year for some reason. Yeah, they look like demigods, but they don't they don't have yeah. that type of uh, uh, resilience. Durability, yeah. Yeah, durability. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, All it takes is one little nick, and then they're done. Because it's like I, I just everything like kind that, of falls apart. I just like the fact that Matt Calf is good at football because, like – all of the like insane analytics Twitter that like refused to watch football were all like, yeah, DK Metcalf's terrible. Ashton Doolin and John Ursua are better players than DK Metcalf. And I was like, actually, DK Metcalf oh. is my wide receiver one. And well, yeah, it would appear I was right. But his three cone. Yeah. Oh, he can't run in a, tr- he can't run in triangle. <laughs> I actually thought the Bills should have taken him ninth overall. How amazing would DK Metcalf and John- Josh Allen have been? In 2019, if they linked maybe up. Maybe the most fun thing I've ever seen. And they yeah. added Stefan Diggs still. I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine like all of the Gabe Davis targets, which go really well, going to DK Metcalf. Good Lord. Okay. All right, guys. We are literally running out of time. Let's talk tight end. Don't bother with Will Disley. Gerald Everett is a Always great hurt. sleeper walker. You mentioned him. You want to talk yeah, about Gerald Everett? Uh, yeah, I'll just real quick. Uh, yeah, Everett, uh, Seattle does tend to use a tight end somewhat often. Um, Everett has good athleticism. He's produced intermittently with, uh, with the Rams, but this is the clearest path to consistent playing time. He's had easily the best quarterback he's had. Um, I don't see any reason why he should be going where, I mean, what's his ADP like 19, tight end 19 or something. Uh, he's going in the like one sixties, one seventies range. Yeah. Like I like, I would rather have Gerald Everett than Irv Smith. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. that's the blob. That's right. the blob. It's right. A lot of same players. Yeah. You can get Everett who has upside of like a low end tight end one. Like he could be this year's like Tunyon or Logan Thomas or whatever. And yeah, if he's not, then you paid a last round pick for him and you cut him. Oh, no. Yeah. The horror. Whatever. The horror. Yeah. 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 It's zero downside. You either just get rid of him because he sucks or he's good and you got him for free. OK, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Mike, do you have anything to add to that about Gerald Everett? Gerald Everett catches football. Seattle likes to throw footballs uh, to their tight end. So Gerald Everett, uh, tight end 21, why not? There you go. Uh, Kevin, any last words on Gerald Everett? They had about 113 targets to their tight ends last year, and that was Greg Olson, Will Will Disley, and Jacob Hollister. Uh, I think only Disley's on the team, and he tore his Achilles two years ago. So I'd definitely be targeting Gerald Everett whenever possible. He's good at football. Uh, He's not great at football, but he's good enough, and he'll be the wide receiver three on this team over Dwayne Eskridge because Dwayne Eskridge is probably not that good at football. I watched 25 25 years old. Yeah, I watched 25 receivers pre-draft and he was my number 25 and the Seahawks took him in the second round and I laughed out loud. So he's bad at football. All right. uh, Let's go around the horn sleeper breakout and bust in this division from each of you. Uh, Mike, we already know your bus is going to be Tyler Lockett. We just screamed. Yeah. I I didn't want to give it away, but yes, it is. Let's start. I didn't want to give it away. Uh, Sleeper. I have uh, uh, Rondell Moore, uh, Breakout, Cam Akers, and Bus, of course, Tyler Lockett. Lockett. All right, Kev, what are we looking at for Sleeper, Breakout, and Bust here? Okay, uh, Sleeper, uh, okay, Breakout, Christian Kirk. I think we discussed that. Uh, Bust, relative to ADP, I'll say DK Metcalf, because I don't think he's going to live up to wide receiver five. I think he's more low-end wide receiver one. So it's 
I think he'll be fine. I don't think you're going to be mad that you have DK Metcalf. I just don't think you'll be happy you spent a second round pick on him. Yeah. Uh, sleeper is t- I mean, mm, sleeper's tough because there's a lot of guys that like are solid. Um, I guess Trey Lance maybe is a sleeper considering he's going early 100s and I think he takes over soonish. I don't know if that counts, but I guess Trey Lance is the sleeper. Okay. Um, just real quick, just to my, uh, to, to Joburg, it's all about value for DK Metcalf. He's my buddy in my home league who has him in a, as a keeper and he's going to listen to this and text me and be like, what, what are you saying? All right, <laughs> Walker, what is your, uh, sleeper breakout and bust? Um, I am going to go Let's see if you need a sec, I can go. Yeah, I do. Sleeper <laughs> Wayne Gallman. Nice. Yeah. Breakout, Rondale Moore. I, I think he has a because like like I said, his range of outcomes is somewhere between Debo and LaVisca Chenault. I think it's closer to the LaVisca Chenault, but if it's rookie or Debo, great pick there. And then uh bust, I'm going with uh Raheem Mostert. With Gallman and Mostert having the same theory behind it. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna go with breakout Chase Edmonds. Okay. Gotta gotta do it for the brand. Uh, sleeper. I will go with Christian Kirk, and then bust. I'm gonna piggyback and go with Mostert as well. Okay, perfect. Sounds good. So we got two Mosterts, a DK Metcalf, and a Lockett as a bust. So I guess stay away from the Seahawks passing game. Our breakouts are uh, for Mike. It's Cam Akers. For Kev, it's Christian Kirk. Uh, for Walker, it's Chase Edmonds. For me, it's Rondell Moore. Um, for sleepers, I have Wayne Gallman, Walker. I guess I'll make Wayne Gallman my breakout, Rondell Moore my sleeper. There we go. Uh, sleeper <laughs> Walker is Christian Kirk. Uh, Kev is Trey Lance. And Mike is Rondell Moore. Um, so, okay. Well, that's it for the NFC West. This was a spirited episode. It was also our longest <laughs> episode. Uh, we're literally running out of time to record. So, uh, Kev, why don't you uh, plug your pluggables, tell the people where they can find you, and then this will also all be in the, the the episode description. I appreciate that. Uh, Jeff, Mike, Walker, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys, arguing yeah. with you guys. I'm sorry if I came off a little uh, D-wordish. Uh, nevertheless, thank you again. And <laughs> no, this, at is, this is fun to listen to. No, this is no, good. This is good. It, it yeah, was good, good, man. It's yeah. it's it's all it. We argue because we're passionate about it, but it's all good. it's all love, man. Like we wouldn't yeah, brought you good. on if we didn't love what you do. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, at Roto Surgeon is the Twitter handle for anybody looking to follow me. Uh, if you want to find my my podcast, The Operating Room, on Apple Pods, Spotify, uh, wherever podcasts are available. I assume you don't listen to podcasts anywhere else. Maybe Spreaker, but uh, otherwise, uh, The Game Day and Rotoballers, where you can find my writing. Uh, the Game Day is in your website. It's more betting and fantasy oriented, whereas uh, Rotoballers is more pure fantasy. Um, I haven't been writing as much lately, but I do have my projections coming out on Twitter. So make sure to follow along at Roto Surgeon again. And uh, just thanks, guys. Perfect. Thank you so much. And let me get our last plugs in since this is our podcast. Uh, Again, uh, footballobsidy.com. Player profiles are going up. We are going to be done with them on July 31st. We'll have 150 or no, 180 player profiles at that point. Um, Twitch.tv slash footballobsidy. We are streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday right now is the schedule. Um, We will be back in this feed which you can find anywhere you get podcasts in two weeks with uh, Lindell Lindellians on Twitter to talk the AFC West. Two weeks after that, we'll be back with uh, 
Michael Fabiano, and Kevin Genson, who does Beer Sheets to talk to NFC East. So, for Walker and Mike and Kev, Kev, thank you again for being with us. Appreciate your time and your spirited energy. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a good one. Woo!